but I lost 20 pounds because I wasn't allowed to go get food. And when I called Gilan and asked why I couldn't eat there, she said, it's a Jewish country club. You're not Jewish. They're not going to serve you. This is how this woman spoke to me. Yeah. This is how she, this is how these people think, Whitney. They, honest to God, think their DNA is better than everybody else's. I swear to you. It was a very, it was a theme all the time with them. With Eileen Guggenheim, with, um, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, with, with Guillain. It was a theme. You know, Jeffrey was a lot less horrible than Guillain as far as a human being. Like, just being around. Because she was raping just as many children. So the country club, you weren't so, allowed to go yeah, because it, it, it never was known. only for, um, you know, people of a certain religion and people. ethnicity. Okay, so yeah. that's unfortunate. Wow. I mean, they could cut you down, and it was so morally devastating. Like, you know, like, you just felt useless as a human being when you were told, you're nothing because you're not Jewish, you're stupid, you're useless, a useless white girl, a poor little peasant, you know. I mean, just the things that I was called, I was just like, I believed it, you know, because it was like a cult, the problem. Yeah, you wouldn't believe the way Jeffrey and Gilliam spoke about African Americans. It was like, it made my skin crawl. Anybody who was not Jewish, and you can write about this, but the way they spoke about them, it was really horrifying. And it showed me a great deal about how these people truly believe that they're chosen to do something here. I don't know. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, and it was every one of them, the way they spoke. And one time I heard Isabel say to her mother, Eileen, Mommy, why do you call Maria a nobody? And she said, Honey, Isabel, Maria is not a Jew. She is a nobody. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is worth So you can see I why mean, for about well, 20 that, years. That type of stuff I might actually include just because um, the Maxwell family have you tied to include this it. group. You should include um, it. What's it called? Chabad Lubavitch. And um, they that um, oh, group openly talks about um, how only Jews are human and the rest of human beings are like yeah. cattle, basically.
Good evening, Pure Bloods. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. I'm Henrik. This is Red Eyes TV. Thank you for joining us here today. We're a bit late today, so uh, thank you to the live stream audience for uh, <coughs> being patient. We do appreciate it. Uh, if you're joining us later on in the archives, uh, of course, welcome. And uh, if you're new, make sure you check out our website, redeyes.tv and redeyesmembers.com. A lot of stuff there for you. I uh, hope you enjoyed that intro. Spent a little bit of time on that today, <laughs> putting that together. Uh, but uh, it's up on Telegram. I I'll upload it later, too. <coughs> Excuse me. To, um, uh, to some of our channels, Odyssey, BitChute, uh, where else does it go up? VK, Rumble, uh, we've uploaded to Float, uh, basically as many, uh, Brian, YouTube, as many as possible, uh, as many places as possible in order to, uh, you know, immediate, uh, mediate, remedy any potential uh, downtime or censorship or whatever's going on, you know, kind of thing, so you guys can find it uh, in a number of places. All right. I think everything's good to go here. I had a little issues with the stream starting, but it looks like everything is rolling. So hopefully uh, you can you can watch it and stream it, whatever platform you prefer to watch on. Uh, but yeah, so Ghislaine Maxwell, the uh, the trial, of course, uh, is continuing and the cover up is continuing too. Uh, the whitewashing, the arguing that she is the victim uh, it's the most insane thing that uh, that that we've seen in some time it, it's it, it's truly remarkable and incredible uh one thing that happened and we've talked about this you know we we spoke about this in the latest weekend warrior show we talked about it before then <laughs> we have talked about the twitter the new ceo here uh, over like the last two shows or so uh, uh parag agrawal uh narwhal for short uh, and of course, Twitter uh, has been banning like crazy. Uh, I think we're still there for the most part. Uh, I, I think I checked earlier. My account was still there. The Red Ice account is still there. Lana's account is still there. Uh, but a lot of people have gotten their accounts axed. Not sure what the criteria is or whatever. I'm not sure if it's part of this, uh, you know, policy of you know private something with private uh, information or something. If they've collected that over some period of time and then they get rid of accounts that violated that retroactively or something. I, I'm not sure what's going on, uh, but a bunch of people have been purged and to tie it into the um, Epstein saga here uh, and the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, uh, Twitter ended up banning <laughs> like an incredibly popular and fast growing account that was called uh, Tracker Trial. It was or the name of it was Maxwell Trial Tracker. Uh, gained over half a million followers over the course of, what was it, like a, a couple of weeks, I think, something like that, right? Uh, so Twitter ended up banning that account because, of course, it was posting updates uh, about the, the, the trial. Uh, now, I'm not sure if they have someone on the inside, if they are simply just reporting on what the mainstream is reporting. They're just kind of like an aggregate collecting it. I'm not sure exactly where they got all the information from and so forth. But the point is, this is it's it's all a huge cover up, right? The, the system is whitewashing it. They're covering it up. The elite is full of pedophiles. It's it's yes, it's, it's actually true, folks. They they all diddle kids, okay? That's what they do, and they defend each other, they back each other up, they protect each other, and they try to ban this and outlaw that and censor all of it all the time. Uh, some people have even speculated that a lot of the, you know, some of the CEOs have, you know, resigned recently. Was the was the big companies here? I, I, I forget to um, write all of them up. Was a number of big companies 
Uh, people were even tying in things like, you know, the fact that Chris Cuomo is, is being ousted and stuff, right? People are going through and looking at the, the little black book of Epstein's, right? And looking at who was on the flight logs and so forth, who has been... Uh, there, there's call logs now uh, that's being brought up in the in the trial. Uh, so this is pretty interesting. Uh, some interesting stuff that's getting out there, and they're trying to keep the lid on as much as they can. And it's not a total media out, you know, blackout, but it's close to it. If you would compare it to something like the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case, which was, you know, important in in one way, symbolically important, uh, but in the scope of things, I mean, far 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 less important than something like this that goes to the very uh, upper echelons, uh, the the corridors of the ivory towers, and the very people in charge are tied into this, right? So of course they have to, <clears throat> excuse me, cover cover that up, right? So that's been crazy to uh, to to watch overall. Uh, but that account is available uh, on Gab. It, they do have a Telegram. I think it's uh, the same on Telegram Tracker Trial or Trial Tracker. I think it is. Uh, on uh, Gab, it's Trial Tracker as well, so I think that they follow through on that uh, on the Telegram channel as well. Uh, that way you can reach them. Gab is proving to be a very, uh, very, very important uh, service uh, and um, website, social media. Shout out to uh, to Torba. We had him, had him on. This is a couple of years ago now. Uh, very genuine, uh, I think, in, in everything he does and, and what he believes in and stuff like that, but, but just being there as a Available platform for people that are getting booted off and, and, and important accounts like this, right? All right, so that's happened. We're going to show some more pictures here, too, that came out. Um, I guess I forgot some of the formalities before we do that. I see a couple of uh, you guys over on Entropy Stream. Uh, let's take those real quick. Um, and then I think we can move on. I just want to check and see that all the streams are up and running. It's been one of those days today where everything's just kind of uh, kind of dodgy. You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, so entropystream.live slash TV. You can join us over there. Odyssey, that has an open Super Chat function as well. USD and crypto. Uh, might have missed some last Friday, so I might have to take some of those. Um, but we do appreciate you joining us over on Odyssey. And uh, we do have Cointree as well, if you're interested in that. Thank you to the Dash donate donator over there. We do appreciate you as well. But, uh, but yeah, so let me take these and then we can uh, look at some of the new photos out there. Um, from uh, from the uh, Maxwell trial, uh, Hatchet uh, Nifelheim twenty sixty six says hundred percent feel good when Red Ice is on. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Thank you for your support. Oh, and thank you to uh, was it Justin as well? Uh, Cash App. Thank you, Justin. I saw you get a little dono to us over before the stream started. Thank you, Justin. I think it was Justin. I'll double check. Hatchet JYT on Entropy Stream says, "Hail Red Ice! Today is the anniversary of Robert Matthews." Heroic final stand on the Weebly Island in 1984. Defeat never, victory forever. I know very little about that. I, I'm, uh, I have to admit, something I have to look it up to. Yeah, it was Jason earlier. I just want to check that. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. If you're watching, um, yeah, Robert. I've heard of. I've heard of it, Robert Matthews. Uh, Whitby. That's uh, Seattle, right outside of Seattle or some somewhere Vancouver, um, somewhere around there. I think. I think there was a bunch of like rich elites there. Whidbey wasn't there, like uh, some of the the Microsoft. They they, they had a the big presence, of course, in um, in Seattle and around that part, right? Redmond and stuff, right? I think it's close to that, uh, but I could be wrong. But I'll uh, I'll look up some of that. So thank you for that. Uh, R and Jim says, good to see you as well. Uh, they diddle, they sacrifice. It was L Brands Wexner. Go figure. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Lex, was it Lex? Lesnar, right? Uh, Les, Les Wexner, right? That's what it was. Does he have an L brand? Is that what it is? I just remember that he bought Victoria's Secret and some of these other ones. Of course, completely understandable to funnel some of these aspiring young models uh, into the uh, the pedophile sex ring black market uh, bl uh, blackmail uh, racket uh, that they got running there. The uh, the kid diddlers. Uh, it is truly remarkable. Sky News had a couple of these photos here today. Uh, British social. I love that they they just they stick to that every every damn time. Oh, she's a so she's a socialite. Not pet, not not even alleged pedophile or alleged pedophile enabler, not even alleged uh, child trafficker or sex trafficker or something something like that, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's always this. Anyway, British alleged pedophile uh, and Jeffrey Epstein and Jeffrey Epstein uh, seen at the Queen's Balmoral Estate log cabin in new photos shown to court. This is how, how tied in they are, right? We know about, um, uh, you know, what, what, what's his name again? Andrew, Prince Andrew, of course, we know about Andrew, right? And his connection. Uh, but it's not only that. Like, if you, if you, hang, if you hang out at the very places where, like, you know, the queen hangs out and stuff like you're 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 well in you're you're tied in you know what i mean you're like you're you're there uh you're you're doing it you know and i'm not saying that the i'm not going to say that the the british royals are at the top of the pyramid or whatever uh like some do they're, they're high up there of course they are they're they're well tied in um but you know it's that's part of the of the very <laughs> elite most elite circles that you can you know travel in so these are new new let's try that again these are newly released photos that shows maxwell and epstein relaxing at a cabin thought to be uh, to be at the porch of queen's log cabin in glen glenbeg that is definitely that there's no doubt about it if you look at the <clears throat> the uh, how it looks there um Released by the U.S. Department of Justice as part of a of the proceedings against the British uh, pedophile, the photos show show the extent of Maxwell's closeness with Epstein, who did not kill himself in 2019 uh, in a Manhattan jail cell. Uh, the couple's close relationship is shown in newly released images, hanging out at the plane. He likes his foot massages. Was something with uh, was it again? It was one of the? I think it was. Might have been uh, Virginia Gouffray, who was. Uh, giving a foot massage to uh, the Simpsons, uh, Matt Groening, I think, or something, and she was disgusted by his feet, I think, but it was like Epstein, like, no, no, have a, <laughs> have a foot massage. It's great. Um, <clears throat> here they are somewhere else. These are always fun to kind of check out and see where that is. Raphael Reese in the background, reading that in the, in the photo there. Uh, obviously some, uh, some burial location, presumably in the UK, right? But yeah. Um, so here they are in the Queen's log cabin at Balmoral States. Great. Another photo featured in the trial shows the Queen uh, in what appears to be the same spot. There you go. Very good. Maxwell denies her charges with her defense team saying she is being used as a scapegoat for Epstein's crime. Well, we heard the clip that we played right at the beginning, of course, uh, Maria Farmer, not only talking about the chosenness of someone like Elaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, how they view themselves, uh, using their, well, religiosity for one, of course, but also their ethnic grouping, their ethnic belonging, um, as being superior than everyone else. Um, but she mentions this, that uh, Ghislaine 
uh, also raped these girls, right? Uh, and other women and so forth. She was, uh, even Maria Farmer said she was even, uh, actually, uh, she was worse to hang around, I should say, than Epstein. Epstein was actually, like, more okay than her. She was, like, one of the real uh, monsters in this. Of course, not trying to say Epstein was, <laughs> was good in this in any regard, but I'm just saying, as a person, just on, a, on that level, it seems that uh, she was just way worse uh, than even, uh, <clears throat> you know, Mr. Egg-shaped penis, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Eggstein. <laughs> As people said, but yeah, so that, there you go, hanging out lavish, lavish from the lavish palaces, and was it uh, another one tied in that's in the flight logs? Is someone like uh, uh, Kevin Spacey, right? And he was also remember that he was also photographed sitting on the throne, uh, the Queen's throne and stuff. This is like a, this is their little play play center. This is <laughs> they're they're part of the club, folks. All right. Um, Good stuff. Uh, let me see what else we had here. So we're going to... Actually, let me play this first. I almost forgot. Um, speaking of my chosenness, this is kind of interesting. Now, imagine that you had a, you know, somewhat of a small religion um, doing something comparable. Let's let's take... Uh, I mean, Christianity is very established and so forth, right? But so let's take let's take some... Uh, more outside religion. Let's take uh, let, let's take some let's take um, pre-Christian uh, uh, you know uh, European faiths or something like that. You know paganism, heathen heathenry, whatever you want to call it. Right? There were a core, you know, It's a very small gesture, right, in terms of the material actually used, but still, you know, in closing an entire. I'll play the clip. You, you'll get what I'm talking about in a moment here, <clears throat> but I want to kind of set that up for you. Like. Closing in an entire area with its, you know, to to mark for their own religious, uh, you know, ceremonial purposes, right? Uh, downtown Manhattan. I'll just play the clip and we can talk about it afterwards. But uh, it's almost like they run the place. Look at this. In certain parts of Manhattan, you'll notice a fishing line hanging over your head that's easy to miss. So what's the point of this fishing line? Circling Manhattan from 1st to 126th Street, there's an 18-mile fishing line that's tied to utility poles. It's part of an Eruv, a Jewish symbolic fence. According to one of the laws of the Sabbath, if you're an observant Jew, you can't carry things from your private residence into the public domain on Saturday. No keys, no wallet, no metric card, nothing. If you have kids, you can't push them in a stroller. Essentially, you're stuck at home. So, the A-roof symbolically extends your private residence into the public domain so you can perform ordinary activities within this symbolic fence. This way, you have the freedom to carry around things without breaking the laws of the Sabbath. It's routinely checked every Thursday before dawn by a rabbi to make sure that it's intact. The concept of the Eruv was established 2,000 years ago to allow Jews to realistically follow the laws of the Sabbath. And there are over 200 cities around the world with similar Eruvs. So that's kind of interesting. All right. Okay. <clears throat> well, there you go. Did you guys see the... Uh well, if you remember, you saw it, but the uh, the little clip in between the first and the second episode of uh, Santa Santa Inc. Right, we played actually played a couple of clips uh, from Santa Inc. The first episode in the Weekend Warrior Show, <clears throat> and um, in between, I didn't even know this at first, but in between the episodes, uh, and it came up when I was playing it. As, and to skip forward to the second one, they had a little. What do you call it? A promo interlude, like a couple of minutes long, where uh, Seth Rogen and uh, Sarah Silverman is uh, is standing and talking about how you know how great it is with Christmas, and they're standing in front of a Christmas tree and stuff like that. Excuse me. 
And then all of a sudden, a, 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 a guy steps in, uh, Tyler, and uh, they just openly started bossing him around, calling him a goy, right? Oh, what a help! What a helpful goy! Seth Rogen turns to the camera and says. Uh, and, and at some point, he, t- he even turns on the lights of the Christmas tree because uh, he's their uh, sh- their Shabbath Shabbath goy. <clears throat> That's they're, they're brazen folks. They're just right out in the open. Remember that clip with uh, Gene Simmons? I forget what his, his actual name was. It was like Rabinowitz or something. Um, the Kiss. What is he? Bass player or something? Um, car show. There was some kind of car show. I forget what channel it was, but he's like just right in the open says, "Well." What you know? They open the hood of a car, and he's like, "What is all this?" Um, I don't, you know, I don't deal with these kinds of things. That's what Gentiles are for. They're for they're for fixing your car. It's uh, <clears throat> it's pretty incredible, folks. Uh, let me tell you. All right, yeah, that's that's some goy. I think that was the the line. That's right, uh, Duncan. That's some goy. I think it was. Arn Jimson says on Entropy. Uh, Didn't royals disappear? Ten kids in nineteen sixty four. You should really get a hold of Ryan Dawson, expert uh, expert Maxwell. Uh, has just been targeted again, canceled shirt provider. He's on VK. Yeah, oh, we, we know very well, uh, Ryan. We know we have him on VK as well, connected there. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the one of the big stories I remember regarding that, um, I forget the daycare center orphanage, but something like that. Where they started digging up bodies and, and, and finding the bodies around. Uh, yeah, I think it was much more than 10 uh, at that point. It's one of those stories. It's Sometimes it's kind of hard to pull up and you have a one line you want to go in one direction. But it's it's great to get some of the uh, input from the chat, guys. I do appreciate that. I forget w- what it was called, but it was like, you know, you have that whole thing with the uh, Dutre case, Martin Dutre. And I think I said Holland one time. There was a, an arrow. He's from uh, uh, B- Belgium, right? Belgium out of Belgium. Martin Dutre. Um, I, I'll look it up. When we play a clip later, I'll see if I can find it again. But it was like, I, and I'm not sure what, what, what they did after that, what they followed up on, right? Uh, but yeah, they started digging up bodies and stuff like that. And apparently there was some tie to, what was it, the butler or something? It was, it was there was some royal connection, right? Uh, I mean, it's, it's you know, <laughs> somebody has, you know, there's some conspiracies here. That these people they they ritually they ritually sacrifice kids. I, I mean, nothing's off the table at this point. Like we're de- we're dealing with something. Even if they're just you know it's all the it's all you know one hundred percent human. It's it's all good, right? They're like the the actions and the mentality of these people are they are demons. It's, even though they're human, they're demons. Some of them. And they sacrifice kids, they diddle kids. Yes, there's satanic ritual abuse and all that kind of stuff, right? Why do you think that? We, we I, I uploaded that actually yesterday. Check that out. It's actually <laughs> it was a pretty good video. I mean, the way it came together. We did it at the end of a Flashback Friday. Um, but about Abby Richards of, of her, the little uh, conspiracy pyramid, right? Of, of how she she's an expert on conspiracies. How she lists how it's like, well, there are real conspiracies. She has them at the bottom of the pyramid, and, then, and it, as it extends upward, right, uh, it goes into what she calls the anti-Semitic point of no return. And if so, if you talk about things like George Soros or even satanic ritual abuse or QAnon or even the deep state, that's an anti-Semitic point of no return, according to this little girl who's an expert on the topic, who's looked into it for you. Check out that video. It's pretty, it's pretty funny, actually. But uh, yes, I mean, satanic ritual abuse is is a is a is like a real thing. It's a, it's happening. 
but it's very interesting how they're so adamant about covering this up and so adamant about denying it and saying that this is crazy and pizza gay. And in fact, if you talk about this, it will lead to real world violence and it's harmful. We should throw you in jail for talking about this. You know, that's that's next up here. All right. Um, let's go over to I want to do a little COVID update here, too. We do have some stuff on that of where they're going. And of course, they're they're pushing they're pushing hard in many different countries right now. We know about Austria. We know about Germany. Uh, it is in discussion in the UK. And we knew this, that other European countries are beginning to eyeing what uh, what Austria and Germany is doing and saying, well, well, we'll just have to have a discussion about that. And even the U.S. is looking in this direction, too, now with what Fauci is saying. Uh, but just one note on the testing thing, which is kind of interesting. And we talked, we mentioned this briefly a while back um, regarding China's really quick ability to set up these testing centers. And basically, they had a whole infrastructure running right away out the gates. Now, PCR test, of course, is completely, uh, completely phony. The thing that we're looking for is not even completely genetically sequenced. We have a, a somewhat of an in-depth segment on that here in a bit, uh, which I think is very important. And, and as I said, I mean, nothing is off the table at this point. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. doesn't mean you have to believe the conspiracy, but it doesn't, of course, mean that you have to believe the official story. Far from it. In fact, it's, it's reason to question that even more uh, due to the fact of the track record of the people uh, who are misleading us uh, in, in positions of uh, power and influence. So anyway, the, the testing thing here, it turns out, and, and it's not that, oh, it's all run by China, it's all China, it's all China, you know. But that's an element. that They're a proxy and they're being used uh, just as many other countries are. And uh, and they serve a purpose in, in the hierarchy. And right now, uh, China is gobbling up a lot of the, uh, and doing a lot of the things which, you know, we seemingly in other Western humanitarian democracies are not, you know, allowed to do whatever, right? Um L.A. County Sheriff boots China-linked COVID testing firm after FBI warns over DNA data. Now, why in the world would FBI warn about this? What, since when did any of this become an issue to them? The, the, you know, considering what they're doing. Anyway, we, we, we'll, we'll take it, right? Um, so the sheriff in L.A. County, Alex Villanueva, has notified the L.A. County Board of Supervisors that LASD um, will not work with China-linked genetics firm hired by the county to conduct COVID-19 testing and registration after the FBI shared very concerning information about Fulgent Genetics Corporation, which was awarded a non-bid contract for the work. This letter is to inform you um, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department will not participate in COVID-19 registering or testing with Fulgent Genetics Corporation due to the fact that the DNA database, uh, sorry, the DNA data obtained is not guaranteed to be safe and secure from foreign, go foreign governments and will likely be shared with the Republic of China, wrote Sheriff Alex Villeneuve in a Monday letter. Uh, of note, China's ambitions to build the world's largest DNA database are no secret to anyone listening to Kyle Bass or the Wall Street Journal. And we've actually talked about that story uh, from Kyle Bass. This is uh, months and months ago now, but how China is subs uh, subsidizing, subsidizing uh, genetic uh, uh, sequencing through uh, third-party companies. So when an Ancestry or 23andMe, etc., goes and says, here, have your genetic testing here, right? It's still fairly expensive. It's getting cheaper and cheaper every year. Uh, but even so, 
is still somewhat expensive. And the reason they can offer it to such a low cost is because China is stepping in and taking care of the uh, of the overhead, the, the, the in-between there, the, the cost, they're picking up the cost uh, at a loss, by the way, um, so that the third-party company that Ancestry and 23andMe work with gets all the DNA and then hands it over to China. And, of course, then they can build, and they are building this, <laughs> they're building bioweapons based on genetic code, right? So the majority of people doing the DNA testing are white people, European descent. And of course, that's the uh, the database that they're building, right? So this is, is very concerning. I remember a while back, too, I think it was the, I forget which department, I think it was not FBI, it was another department that came up and said basically urging states not to do the testing with China. And so it, it might be, um, it might be, uh, what was the wording they used? Uh, enticing or something like that because it's uh, everything is ready to go. They have everything set up. Almost like they knew that uh, this was going to happen. Remember they they put put placed a uh, massive order it came out uh, of like millions of extra PCR tests. Uh, coincidentally, just before the uh, pandemic broke out, right? Uh, so that's pretty incredible stuff. So I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. Uh, it's uh, it's very concerning, and of course, no matter even what company you work with. No matter, it's it's the there's a root issue here, a root cause, which is I mean even the UK there was one company there that I believe a court in the UK had said like yeah actually you can go ahead and, and when you do the PCR test and you know do the the brain swab the uh, the nasal rape uh, you can collect the DNA it's fine get people's DNA and then uh, you don't even know I mean even the thing in of itself was toxic I forget what chemical they used on the on the swab I mean it's incredible right. Um, so here's the, the Rockefeller Foundation on National COVID-19 Testing Action Plan. Uh, now, this is just under month of the, of the lockdowns. This is in April 2020. Just uh, under a month of the ongoing lockdowns, the Rockefeller Foundation released a new white paper that was titled National COVID-19 Testing Action Plan. Here's the, the PDF word here. Uh, Pragmatic Steps to Reopen Our Workplaces and Our Communities is the title of it. In it, they wrote that privacy concerns must be set aside for COVID-19, allowing the infection status of most Americans to be accessed and validated in required settings and many voluntary ones. In the meantime, infection status must be known for people to participate in many societal functions. Okay, Rockefeller Foundation, whatever you say. Those screened must be given a unique patient's identification number that would link information about a patient's viral antibody and eventually vaccine status under a system that could easily handshake with other systems to speed the return of normal societal functions. Uh, For those of us paying attention, we know that the digital ID, of course, has been in the plans for a long time by these globalists. And this gave them the excuse, COVID-19, right? Uh, And, of course, the more we learn about this, the more we learn about the track record, the more we learn all the the items that were in place. I was actually re-watching. It was yesterday. Um, Glenn Beck, believe it or not, did a a very good... um, I should pull out some clips from that. He did a very good overview of... It it was some of... um, uh, Dr. David Martin's work on the patents that, that he dug out, but there was there was some work from other people too that he, that he pulled together, basically building this timeline of how you have to go back to like I forget where he started 1998 or something like that, right? 
showing even how Pfizer had an S spike uh, vi- protein vaccine in, in the works uh, as far back that started in 1998. And I think the patent for it was issued in, in the year 2000 and stuff like that. For, for, uh, sorry, for coronavirus, I should say. A vaccine uh, targeted the, the, the S spike protein on, the, on a coronavirus, right? Uh, and this, this, this whole thing, this whole thing has been running for, for two, two decades before it finally plopped, you know, plopped into the mass consciousness uh, of everybody out there, right? All right, so that's the, uh, that's the doc right there. Um, let's play a couple of other clips here. Actually, let me take uh, this entropy real quick here uh, from JP. Good to see you, Jay. Henrik, two weeks ago, I posted a clip of a Jewish comedian making fun of whites and then getting mad at a heckler for yelling um, for yelling TV as in uh, Jews, Jews own Hollywood. I think I've seen that clip. I think I know which one you're talking about. Twitter took down the clip because the Jewish comedian reported a copyright violation after my post went viral. There you go. See, so that that's okay. So there you go. So that's who it will serve. Um, yeah, is this a clip here? Let me see, let me play this. So this is the. Clip. So yeah, they were chanting, "Jews will not replace us." That's what they were chanting in Charlottesville. Oh yeah, I remember this. Now. Jews will not replace us. Now, as a Jewish person, when I heard that, I laughed so hard. <laughs> and here's why. What the fuck job do you have? That you're worried the Jews are coming for you. We don't want to work at Hobby Lobby. We good. <laughs> TV? Oh, are you saying the Jews control Hollywood? Is TV Hollywood? Because you can leave. <laughs> if you want to interrupt me with anti-Semitism, get the fuck out of the show. Oh. Oh. Someone got triggered. Someone got offended. <laughs> good. Of course, that's the thing, right? Good, uh, good point, Jay. This is the kind of stuff that if they don't like it, if this being exposed or someone is being, you know, caught with their pants down for being a, an obvious moron and stuff like that, I don't like it. It's like this is a public thing. Uh, you know, people paid your the, the the tickets here, right? It's they probably have it on their own YouTube channel or something. I forget how people find the clip, right? Uh, but yeah, there you go. Are they also really that dumb that he, he actually do not understand what people mean with replacing, or is he, is that part of the of the so-called joke that is like, oh, well, it's more fun if we say that they work at uh, at some dumb at some dumb place where goys would would uh, would work. Is that is that is that the the joke? All right, um, here we go. Let's go back to thank you, Jay. I appreciate sending that clip by the way too. Not surprised how we talked about it in the Weekend Warrior show. Check that out. We, you know, Lana did a good piece on that too, kind of breaking down just like how um, how this will be used and at the same time. They've argued that the, the left and, you know, we saw Vice articles and things like that, but they're terrified that somehow uh, right-wingers and, and, and what they say are neo-Nazis will game the, the, game the rules to their favor and stuff like that, you know. Uh, but the point is everything will be taken into context. So even if something is taken down kind of by, by default, if you will, at first, they will investigate. And then if it's an enemy of them, a progressive person's enemy or leftist enemy or a globalist enemy or an anti-whites enemy, uh, then, of course, it will be uh, uh, judged for in their favor. You see what I'm saying? And like, oh, no, no, that we need to. This person definitely needs to be doxxed, even though he, uh, this person reported and said, hey, I don't want that clip there. It was taken, you know, that that will be left up. It's kind of like our address and stuff, right? It was up there for like, I think it was a week, something like that, before it was like finally taken down. 
Um, but the person didn't lose their account, though. They're still there, you know, all that garbage. But OK, anyway, here is a little bit more on the COVID uh, stuff uh, with, um, I forget what his name is, Pajit, uh, talking about how this holi holiday season, what we can do to basically have a more fulfilling experience. Uh, but if you do as many families did, you get vaccinated and boosted, you use testing judiciously before you gather, you gather in well-ventilated spaces and use masks mm -hmm. whenever you can in public indoor spaces, your risk can be quite low and your holidays can be quite fulfilling. That's what so many families experienced this past Thanksgiving. There you go. They experienced that this uh, past Thanksgiving. It was, can be quite fulfilling. Excellent. Thank you for that. We do appreciate that. Here's Chuck, uh, Chuck Todd from uh, Meet the Press. All of a sudden, he's a huge supporter of um, not national borders, but interstate borders. In fact, if someone wants to travel between them, they should not be allowed to. We've played many, many, many clips with Liana Wen, right, the commie spy, uh, the Chinese commie spy. And uh, in, in this case, you have the, uh, the American uh, you know, media pundits and talking heads lining up and saying, what, the, what in the world are people, how in the world are they allowed to leave Idaho to go to one of our states. Listen to this. International travel versus domestic travel. Mm. Uh, if someone flies to Washington, D.C. over the holidays, it's a popular tourist destination, from Singapore, where 96% of the eligible population is vaccinated, that person has to show proof of vaccination and a negative test. But someone flying to D.C. from Idaho, where less than half of the population is fully vaccinated, doesn't have to do either. How is that at all logical about protecting our community? What are you? What are you? Uh, are you talking about? Uh, talking about me, Chuck? I don't want to go to DC. I'm done with DC. I'm never want to go there again. Uh, anybody from Idaho should never go to DC again. Just build a build a big wall. That's uh, that, that's the next step here. Uh, anyway, you get what I'm saying. These are people that actually do not believe in any kind of borders. No border enforcement. No U. No borders. No USA at all. Right. And now all of a sudden, holy shit! Like if this if this continues, it will be like now will be interstate travel. Uh, it's kind of like that Kyle Rittenhouse, like he, tra he traveled between state lines. What even is this? It's like, yeah, so? Are you, <laughs> he's saying it's a, it should be illegal? For, what was he doing at that protest traveling between state lines? You know, soon enough, the longer this goes on, it will be breaking into regions and not, not counties, not municipalities. It will literally be like zones in a grid. And there will be... You know, you won't be able to leave your zone, you know, even with your 15th booster shot, whatever you have, or how many certificates you have, or how many, you know, chips you've inserted into your, under your skin or whatever, how many computer brain interfaces you've, you've hooked up and, and let them into your, you know, inner sanctum of your own mind, <laughs> reading it, it's like, nope, doesn't matter. It'll be to complete lockdown and fully, while migrants still can just cross over any border for any reason whatsoever. Doesn't matter, it's all fine. Here you go, here's ivermectin. You don't have to be vaccinated. All right, um, here is an update as well from the World Health Organization, um, Tedros Ghebreyesus, who uh, also is part of this game, right? Remember, he started the global uh, pandemic, uh, the global preparedness monitoring board back in um, what was it again? Was it September 2019? Right, just a few months before everything began, uh, which warned about coincidentally, they just they happened to warn about a uh, about a global influenza-like pandemic that will just shut everything down, right? Uh, but here he is talking about um, 
uh, Omicron and the and the threat that it poses. And also, of course, we, the, there's going to be a, a major impact from this. The Omicron variant has now been reported in 57 countries, and we expect that number to continue growing. Certain features of Omicron, including its global spread and large number of mutations, suggest it could have a major impact on the course of the pandemic. Of course, right? And you guys remember the 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 way, the path that this takes uh, is always to more uh, globalization. Uh, well, you know, this is a global problem, and it didn't have to be if they uh, if they basically locked down early on and, and and stop people from traveling out of China. Let's say, I mean, again, this is even arguable. Of, we'll talk about that next year. But what what even what is this? Has it even been mapped? Why you know how? how how does how does any of this work, right? We'll we'll, we'll lay it out and put it all on the table, and and, and we'll see what you guys think. But uh, ha, is it even is it even real? You have to ask that. Is is it even is it even real? What are they testing? What is this thing? Has it been co- confirmed at such time? We'll play a video, and we'll, it's more in depth and a bit longer too. Uh, but uh, it's a good video. But uh, here's the the last clip I want to play with Tedros before we move on to that. Uh, where he basically talked about you have to get, you have to give up you know this they've mentioned this so many times it's all about solidarity we have to be you know it's all about sharing the wealth and global redistribution global communist uh, garbage needs to be you know on the forefront of all of this right uh, it's all, the the solution is always more globalization not less the time has come for countries to agree on a common binding approach to a common threat that we cannot fully control nor prevent. A threat that comes from our relationship with nature itself. Uh, no, not not really, right? Now, the only thing I can't I can't parse here, or that I haven't decided, or whatever. And this is um, pertains to the next video we'll show here, or part of the next video. I have some clips from it. Um, and you can think about this too while we look at this. But like, what? Okay, so. We know there's all these patent trails, not only for the vaccine, but for the for a virus as well, right? A chimeric virus and experimentation and gain of function and all these kinds of things. Like, what what is what is that then, right? What 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 is what is that in the context of this video that we'll, we'll be looking at? And also, and maybe this is premature to take this discussion now. Maybe it's better to take it after we've watched some of the clips here. But it's like. If it is a bioweapon, it hasn't been that successful, right? But but at the same time, maybe that's maybe that was the maybe that's the point. Maybe that it wasn't intended at this stage of the thing to be deadly in that capacity. Maybe they because the, the vaccine rollout. There's all these other possibilities. But anyway, we'll we'll hear we'll hear this lady out, and she's referencing a article here. There was a, a published article called The COVID-19 Fraud and War on Humanity. It's written by Dr. Mark Bailey and Dr. John Bevan-Smith. And I believe she's reading that and it's been, um, you know, you know, uh, grab, you know, produced, if you will, some footage and stuff like that to it. So we have um, three, maybe four places in this interview, interview that, uh, sorry, this video that we're going to take a look at regarding the fraud. Now, this is part two, so we just kind of jump right in. She, she has a part one. I, I urge you to follow her on, on Odyssey, uh, Dr. Sam Bailey. I think she's in New Zealand. I thought she was Australia first, but I think she's in New Zealand. Um, 
And and yes, she 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 basically says that the uh, the the idea of of the germ theory uh, is is wrong. To boil it down, germ theory is wrong. They have not proven that these viruses that they're saying, you know, is, is causing all of these things actually exist, right? So we'll, we'll hear her out. We'll see what you think. Maybe you'll come to a different conclusion. I, for me, it's up in the air still. They make a really good case. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, again, we've talked about the postulates before, right? Does it fulfill those, etc.? I can pull those up later as so we can look at it. And the point is, no, it has not. And if you look at the you know, genetic sequencing of this thing, there is so much guesswork. It's and, and let's just play this because she does a good job explaining it. There's no point of me, you know, um, beating, beating her to the punch here. Uh, so here we go. Let's uh, check this out. Unfolding worldwide tragedy has in large part been enabled by the descent of science, the systematic study of the nature and behavior of the material and physical universe based on observation, experiment and measurement, into scientism, the uncritical application of scientific methods to inappropriate fields of study. The virologists claim that they have worked out the entire genetic structure of viruses such as SARS-CoV-2 and upload this onto databanks as Van Wu, Peng Zhu, Na Zhu, Leon Kelly and their teams did in early 2020 and as many have done since. Again they claim they have an isolate of the virus but this declaration is made after they have constructed the genome from their mixed brew containing genetic fragments of unknown provenance. In the case of Fan Wu et al, despite there being no bats for sale in the indoor seafood market where the patient worked, and despite the inventors being unable to confirm an intermediate host or reservoir for their virus, they chose nevertheless another Ancelicobat coronavirus as the template with which to create WH Human 1 SARS-CoV-2. This, no doubt, is all part and parcel of virology's need for scientific validation expressed in its 20-year quest for Bat Eldorado, wherein it imagines lie all the coronavirus treasures of the world. In the meantime, it keeps inventing viruses to feed Big Pharma to keep itself afloat. The process virology uses to claim isolation can be summarized as follows. From the biological soup taken from patients' lungs or nose swabs, containing all sorts of material from the human subject, innumerable commensal microbes, and potential contaminants, de novo assembly platforms search for short genetic fragments. After finding millions of unique fragments in the brew, these software programs piece together a genome based on parameters set in the program. Along the way there is a bit of cut and pasting and if pieces are missing, other ready-made templates can be added to fill the gaps. However, the man-made algorithms, probability models and arbitrary selections cannot deliver the yes or no answer to the question of its physical existence in nature not least because any coronavirus genome used as a template in its production will likewise be propositional, the methodology providing no confirmable connection with the material or physical universe, making the new member of the coronavirus genus merely another product of virology's sui referential processes. An analogy for these processes would be that you find a million cards on the floor, each with partial sentences. You start arranging them into full sentences, and then eventually a story. If some bits don't fit, you discard them, and if bits seem to be missing, you borrow a paragraph from another story. But how would you know that this was an existing story, and not something you had just made up? And why could there not be ten smaller stories in there, or no story at all? 
In short, you cannot claim to know the story unless you have access to the complete story before you start. And herein lies virology's deception. Virologists do not work with a complete genome because they do not work with a complete virus. They work with random bits of biological material and then tell us that it constitutes evidence of a virus. However, those of us that examine their experiments carefully can see that there's a problem. There is no material proof of any virus. Indeed, what the public is not told is that no virus called... I, I don't know if she's just talking about uh, COVID-SARS-2 there or all of them. I know she looks at some others, measles and whatnot again. I, I, I just, I don't, okay, I don't know. Obviously, some obviously there's diseases and sick. All of that. This, this is not a oh well. It's it's nothing, and no one's getting you know getting sick. Obviously, shit's happening, right? Shit's happening, and definitely now with the introduction of of the vaccine. And and again, there could be a good discussion here, and it should be. Is it the vaccine that's now driving? Is an evolutionary pressure on the on this virus, or is that just causing the disease? Right? Where the we're so hopelessly lost. Because we're swimming in a just a goo of lies and propaganda, obfuscation, coercion, and all these things, right? <clears throat> and so then people uh, immediately assume you're insane because you're just, you know, questioning the most fundamental principles of the things that they are that they're telling us. Well, you're 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 supposed to just believe this because we are telling you so. And then when some people like this and and the authors that she's referencing from this paper here says, well, we looked into this and. Um, well, they're making up a lot of shit here, basically. There's there's programs running sequences and filling in the gaps, and we're finding here's genetic code and a little bit here and there, and and we we covered that early on in the in when we began questioning this, like what what is, what even is this, right? Um, Andrew Kaufman played his video of like you know how they how they isolated this in the beginning, and then China just uploads this you know on the web, and everyone starts getting to work to, with the vaccine, right? Stuff like that. So it, it's uh, it's good listening to this. Uh, it's good getting a different take on this. And, and and regarding the video she did on measles, which I thought was very interesting and fascinating, was that out of forty thousand or so papers that are written uh, regarding measles and how to treat it and stuff, and, and and again they have different ideas of what people are getting, and the yes, there are people are obviously getting sick from things and. There's other things. It's environmental. It's uh, uh, deficiencies. There might be ext- other external things such as tox- toxicities or something that causes these effects and so forth. That, that that's their theory, right? I, I I don't know where I, I'm. I'm not saying I'm not decided on any of this. It's just important to listen to it. Um, but so something is obviously whoops. Something is obviously happening, Task right? Two. Let me pause there. Uh, but uh, you know, so 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 it's not that. It's like n- not not trying to do that, but. Uh, she said, like, all of them, that these papers are, are just running with the assumption that it, it does exist. And then when you finally try to drill down into it and, and, and say, well, okay, well, what, what is it? Has it been proven and stuff? And, and the majority of scientists out there just kind of runs with it and, and trusts these kinds of things, right? Um, and, well, let's continue. We'll, we'll, we'll hear out. We'll see what she, uh, she has to say. I think it's interesting in a way, uh, no matter where you fall on this, um, a lot of different possibilities, but uh, let, let's keep going here. ...has ever actually been isolated and purified as a whole unique structure. What takes place is simply the shotgun sequencing of crude samples, which contain genetic fragments of unknown provenance. Therefore, there is no evidence whatsoever, not even the vaguest guarantee, that the resulting in silico genome exists in nature or has anything to do with a virus. 
In this manner, however, the invention of the virus is presented as a discovery, its faux status retroactively secured through the act of denotation whereby its naming purports its prior existence and its pathogenicity. That a notional hypothetical genome invented by such anti-science should lie at the heart of this assault on humanity is a scientific and ethical outrage. It is this false science that has turned the world upside down providing opportunity for politicians to assume the role of needle Nazis. That is the insidiousness of virology's crime. A generalized version of the false claim of isolation provides politicians with permission to state-rape those in the government's employ and to extend their systematic program of bodily violation into the private sector, the latest victims being retail and hospital workers. For the remainder, the crime steals into our consciousness under cover of duty and beneficence, causing many of us to accept into our bodies the unknown contents of vials the government has apparently not bothered to check. Produced by a manufacturer with a spectacular record of criminal medical fraud. That's true. Contents furthermore that smuggle genetic vectors with poorly ascertained effects into our bodies all for the greater good of protecting society from a deadly disease that does not exist. How a contemporary democracy... Okay, I'm going to pause there, but uh, yeah, let's, I'm going to skip forward and play a little bit around 6.13. Um, so the interesting thing here is, and go back to it again if you, don't, if you don't catch that, right? The important thing is how they have, how they claim that all of this came together, right? Now... I could understand it if if it's a completely, let's say, lab-made thing, right? If it's a completely lab-made animal, then they would presumably work with genetic sequencing, which which they know what it is and so forth. But the point is too that whatever they have given us or uploaded or you know that the China provided early on in the in the in the pandemic and said, well, here here is it. We we've, we've isolated it, right? And according to their research, it was cut and paste. There's things mi missing in the in between, and there's even computer pr programs that are inserting things into the gaps to like make a complete picture. And we, I mean, we even showed that uh, that was regarding the P uh, PCR test. I think it was uh, the FDA's approval. Early on, they said, "Well, we don't have enough data. We don't have enough uh, uh, material." Um, at this point to like make a, a, a proper we're, we're going ahead with it they gave some approval there's still like emergency use authorization for these pcr tests and stuff and i think she talks about that here next too um but even then they admitted like we don't have enough data and much of it has been like filled in we've fi we've been forced to fill in the blanks you know so i i i'm 100 understand why people question this in this in this regard right the only thing I personally can't parse is this thing of like, okay, well, it's, if it's lab made, they obviously know what they're dealing with, right? And they would have put it together. They, they, this is what it is, type of thing, right? Um, if we go to the natural route, then I can understand, like, okay, they don't they don't know what they're looking for, and so they're you know they're they're making it up, or at least but they have parts of it, but not the whole picture. But they say, oh, well, the part is the whole thing, and now that's what we're going to kind of you know target with these vaccines and so forth. Again, I, I, at the end of the day, does it, in one way, doesn't matter at the stage we're at now. It should be, you know, investigated. Should be, you know, sorted out, obviously. But due to the mass vaccination campaigns, that's the biggest problem at this point. That we're running on 
you know, half, uh, half, you know, witted, you know, conclusions and not a full scope or a full picture of things. And they're wheeling out the supposed cure for this thing, uh, which, of course, is going to be a, a thousand times worse than this purported virus ever was if, we, if it had run through the population. Right. OK, so let's listen a little bit more on this. Um, I think the PCR part is actually pretty good. Uh, which is interesting. The third pillar of the COVID-19 fraud concerns the misapplication of the PCR. Yeah, here it is. This misapplication centers on the amplification of RNA sequences taken from human subjects said to belong to SARS-CoV-2 and also a disease termed COVID-19. However, the PCR cannot confirm either of these things. Its capability is solely confined to the amplification of the selected nucleotide sequences, not to determining their provenance or significance. This fraud then relies on the attribution of meaning to the amplified sequences, which is supplied by A, reference to the imaginary in silico genome and not to a proven physical entity called SARS-CoV-2, and B, a disease that with absurd circular reasoning has been defined by the PCR result itself. SARS-CoV-2 has never been located in a human subject, isolated, purified and subsequently photographed and biochemically characterized as a whole unique structure. <clears throat> Now, if that's true, that's that's massive, right? That's that's huge, <laughs> right? And it's like, what? How the fuck can all this happen? If that if that's the case, and the thing is, I I, I don't doubt it. Maybe that's not true, right? But I've I've heard a lot of people, you know, other scientists, you know, from the Kaufmans to the uh, Thomas Cowan to the, the to this lady to people writing papers and stuff, right? And of course, of course, yes, they can be they can be all wrong and, and, and stuff like that. I recognize that too, right? But um, it seems very hard to get like to drill down into that and, and and get an actual answer, right? More than clues and bits and bobs of like, well, how did they? And then it's in Chinese, you know, these are these other layers to this that makes it more complicated, like. What, what, what do they do in there in the beginning, right? How, how do they produce that? Do we have all the answers on that? Or were they, t were they even telling us the truth of how they did this, right? They're pouring fluid down in these people that got sick in their lungs and they're sloshing it together with a bunch of chemicals and stuff. And then they suck it out of their lungs and they combine it for like eight different people or ten. I forget how many of the words that they combine that. And then you start like in a way, randomly looking for genetic code and sequencing, almost like they either knew what they were looking for or they knew they were looking for a coronavirus type thing. So they have enough of that sequence. And so they're, they're you know, do you see what I'm saying? It, it, it's like very confusing and, and, and just insane. But ima imagine, imagine that. Imagine if that actually is true, that the, literally the whole world has been hoodwinked and just run around in circles and and with all the shit that's happened like the, the, literally like things that will lead to the i think at the end of it this the end of civilization because of something which was not even 100% like complete you know what i mean of, of like an an actual like something scientifically based 100% certainty that was like yep we know this no, we have this computer. He just will insert, we'll cut and paste, and we'll insert some stuff here, you know, kind of thing, right? Yeah, again, I don't know about all the other viruses and stuff like that. It's just regarding COVSARS-2. Um, I think it's absolutely 100% valid of of questioning that and asking those questions. Uh, definitely at this stage and definitely with what we've learned, right? But uh, let's continue. What do we have here? Uh, yeah, let's keep going here. Let's keep going here. 
It has not been proven to exist in nature. In fact, key component parts were patented in 2007, which by definition would require them to be man-made. With regards to the short nucleotide That's sequences true. being detected... A at by least according to law. It doesn't mean they, they obey these laws and so forth, of course, too. Uh, but apparently, what was it, that Supreme Court case in the U.S. and may, again, internationally, I'm not sure how that set, sets the uh, sets the tone, but it was like myriad genetics versus someone else. We've, we've, we've shown the paper a couple of times and they basically came to that conclusion there that basically like, you know, you have to contribute something to the genetic sequence or the code or the DNA or the, they use somewhat different language here, but I'm paraphrasing, um, or change it or alter it enough in order to be able to patent it. If it's a natural thing that is exists in nature, you can't patent it. So she's right, you know, tech, as a technicality, she's right about that there. The PCR kits in use, they exist, but come from somewhere else, not from a virus labeled SARS-CoV-2. Furthermore, the PCR cannot diagnose the infectious status of a human in any proven way, and no consistent link That's has true. ever been found between a disease state and the PCR results. In short, the misapplication of the PCR means that COVID-19 is a scientifically meaningless construct that represents nothing more than a referential illusion. From the outset, the purpose of this misapplication was to provide the statistical basis for a pandemic based on a disease invented by the WHO for the benefit of elites and selected members of the pharmaceutical industry, not for humankind. As at 3rd of January 20... When you, when you take this into account too, I'm sorry to interrupt so much, but when you take it into account of what Glenn Beck actually showed in this video, and I'll do some outtakes on that, maybe next week we could play that, of showing the patent trail and, and even this interesting portion where he shows that the, that the NIH was a part owner of the patent with Moderna early on, you realize that they're like they're partners in crime. This is not like it. It's not just the pharmaceutical industry or even regulatory capture. It's like the government agencies are has an equal part in this, as the pharmaceutical companies do. In, in, in one way, the pharmaceutical. I mean, sure, they benefit on this financially and stuff, right? It this truly, in the sense, a public-private partnership. That's that's what this is. Uh, there is no escape. Of course, there's regulatory capture, but but at the same time, um, it's incredible when 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 you unravel some of the, these you know seemingly Gordian knots of like the uh, the patent trail and the uh, you know back and forth between the different agency and all that stuff. And and you know to his credit, Glenn Beck did a, a really good job in that timeline and stuff. So we we'll, we'll do have to play some clips from that. But uh, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> It's, incre it's absolutely incredible. Incredible times of how complacent and most people just go along with it. And, you know, well, what are they? What, what are you going to do? You're going to question all of this? <laughs> you're, insa you're saying the whole world would go along with this? And it's like, well, that's not how this works, right? It's, it's compliance. And it's a, it's a, it's a virtually a, a, hand few a handful of people uh, that can push and, and alter things. And then if you do have scientists, which we do have, that speak up and says, you know, Actually, I'll call bullshit on this, or this doesn't seem to look right or whatever. They're, they're, they're silenced, ridiculed, shut down, and no one is safe. No matter how credentialed you are, no matter how much status you currently hold in, in the current uh, you know, timeline of things, if you at any point go against the grain and you don't obey and follow suit, you, you will get thrown to the wolves. You'll, you'll get eaten alive, and they have no concern for you whatsoever. 2020, with only 44 case patients with pneumonia of unknown etiology, 
There was no basis to prime the start button for the pandemic the WHO and the pharmaceutical industry were desperately seeking. Moderna and BioNTech, Pfizer's partner for instance, had lost almost $1 billion between them in two and a half financial years between 2016 and 2019. However, Following publication on the WHO's website on the 13th and 17th of January 2020 of non-peer-reviewed PCR assay sequences designed by Christian Drosten et al. to detect the purported virus, assays designed as the authors acknowledged without having virus material available, COVID-19 case numbers began to grow. Between 22nd and 24th of January, the WHO convened an emergency meeting to monitor the international situation Despite there being only 17 deaths and 581 cases reported at that stage, this lack of cases posed a problem for pharmaceutical companies wanting to get their highly experimental genetic encoding devices, disguised as vaccines, onto the market without having to go through the normal approval processes, which they doubted they, they could pass. A public health emergency could be the means to bypass the stringent licensing conditions of regulatory authorities. And even then, it's actually not that stringent, as we've learned, right? You actually have a lot of people that they are paid off. You have medications brought to market and different medical technologies and devices that are like rolled out. And it's like, well, this is approved. It's all fine and stuff. And um, and, and then, you know, 10 years later, it's like, oh, yeah, all these people, they got cancer or they got sick or ill. Or there's other ailments from it. And then they end up paying money like Pfizer, right? They pay, paid billions, billions. We showed it in one of the shows. I forget it. You should find that screenshot again. Just like how many times? And it was like... Um, deceptive practices and corruption, like uh, intentionally they had like lied about stuff. And, you know, these these pharmaceutical companies and again, on, uh, in the extension then now, uh, the, the, the patent holders of these new medical technologies that they're rolling out, the mRNA vaccine, uh, are, are part of that racket, part of that game. But they can they can literally kill people, be indemnified you know completely free from liability and just keep going and and nothing happens right you have a you have a group of uh you know 200 people shows up and there's a car accident and the whole the whole world shuts down and all of them are docs and all everyone loses their job and they can't get you know <laughs> they can't operate in society anymore because one person was killed i mean just making a, a comparison of it it's like these are they kill people on an industrial scale but it's like the third leading cause of death, at least in the U.S., and it's, I know it's very bad in most other Western countries as well. The third leading cause of death is is doctors, right? Improperly prescribed medications, um, mishap in hospitals, surgeries that goes wrong, and you know these kinds of things, right? But believe, believe in the science. Believe in science. You always have to trust what these people tell you every every single time because they're an authority on this. You see, they have white coats on. They're gonna they're gonna tell you that this is serious business. They know what they're doing. It's like mass murder on an industrial scale, and it's just business as usual, right? But holy shit, three people tested tested positive for COVID nineteen in Australia. The whole country shuts down, or New Zealand, you know, whatever it was. Incredible. And now the RT-PCR tests were in overdrive, producing enough cases for Tedros to declare a public health emergency of international concern and to stoke the rhetoric. This is the time for facts, not fear. This is the time for science, not rumours. This is the time for solidarity, not stigma. For in just seven days, from the 24th of January, COVID-19 case numbers had risen worldwide by 
1245.61% from 581 to 7818, although only 98 of those were outside China. By the next day, total case numbers had increased to 9,826. Here was the international fraud in full view. Astronomical growth of a phantom virus that has not been isolated, let alone shown to be causative of any disease, with Tedros recommending as even more important than the public health emergency of international concern, accelerating the development of vaccines, therapeutics and diagnostics. The stench of fraud was everywhere. Drosten failed to declare that he was a member of the Eurosurveillance editorial board when he and his co-authors were published in Eurosurveillance on 23rd of January, two days after submission. It also emerged that Drosten would likely face court charges for holding a fraudulent doctoral title. Another co-author, Chantal Ruskin, also failed to declare that she was on the Eurosurveillance editorial board, and yet another of Drosten's co-authors, Alfred Lent, CEO of TIB Mobiol, failed to declare his conflict of interest until 29th of July 2020 that his company was the maker of a PCR kit based on the published assay sequences. For Lent, the deception paid off handsomely as his company would later report TIB Mobiol has been supplying COVID-19 PCR test kits since early January 2020. Over the last 12 months, we have delivered over 60 million tests. Suddenly the world was immersed, not in a viral pandemic, but a PCR pandemic, generating fear around the world. But fear both pays and pays well. The institution with which this paper's most prominent creators were associated, the University Hospital of Charité Berlin, received a 2020 grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation under Invoice 5971 to develop diagnostics and virology tools to enable a rapid response to the novel 2019 coronavirus totaling US $249,550. The PCR pandemic has now sustained the phantom COVID-19 pandemic for almost two years. While it is claimed that the PCR can detect a virus and an infection, that is just more deception. The PCR method simply amplifies genetic fragments. That's it. As we have established, no one has a physically isolated specimen or even proven the existence of the virus. That is why the Drosten PCR assay sequences were designed without a virus, as were assay sequences. So they design those without the virus, right? And they fill in the blanks, and then everybody, and they run a, a, a threshold cycle on these tests <clears throat> at what was it like 40 or something? It was some even as high as 45. You could find you could find anything in anything about that. You could you, that's it's not proof of of disease or anything like that, right? And then you've drilled down to it further and you said, well, what, what are they even, you know, looking for and, and even testing? And people have said, well, these are <clears throat> norm, normal processes in people. There's all kinds of other theories here, right? But it is interesting that there's a huge financial incentive here. And many of the people then that have approved this and pushed that uh, are, are people that have a financial incentive in it and stuff like that. The Euro, was it the Euro, Euroactive or what was it called again? The Euroscience Board, all these people are on there that's like, you know, pushing for it and whatever. Uh, just a little bit more, and then we have one more clip from this too, uh, from this video to show, and then we'll move on from there. This is for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Protection. In other words, the PCR has been calibrated to detect genetic sequences of a virus that has not been shown to exist in nature. Instead, it is detecting sequences of unknown provenance that are found in some humans and reportedly in some goats, a quail, and jackfruit too. As Carrie Mullis, the Nobel Prize-winning inventor of the PCR, pointed out. It doesn't tell you that you're sick, and it doesn't tell you that the thing you ended up with 
really was going to hurt you or anything like that. Indeed, despite purporting to be a diagnostic workflow for 2019 NCOV, the Drosten paper simply described the analytical sensitivity and specificity of their PCR protocol to amplify the selected nucleotide sequences. Okay, I'm going to pause there. We're going to go forward to 15, and then we have some other stuff to show as well. But yeah, that's it's it's very interesting, especially the PCR test stuff, right? Um, okay, 15:10. We'll start there, and we'll see what else we had here. It's an interesting portion here. Here we go. Produced by the PCR method became the basis of the reduction number that initialized all COVID-19 outbreak models. Yet even relying on these worthless numbers, outbreak modeling, long notorious for its predictive fallibility, still managed to produce predictions that were spectacularly preposterous. The most prominent purveyor of this speculative nonsense was Neil Ferguson of Imperial College London, lead author of ICL's Report 9 published without peer review on 16th of March 2020, which predicted that 550,000 people in the UK and 2.2 million people in the US would die within approximately three months <laughs> without non-pharmacological interventions. Its dire predictions caused governments to change horses midstream and predictably caused widespread panic amongst an unsuspecting public, creating an environment of fear and a willingness to comply with public health policies in many countries. When he eventually released Report 9's programming for public scrutiny, Ferguson found it ridiculed by commercial and academic experts alike. One commercial expert thought it a buggy mess that looks more like a bowl of angel hair pasta than a finely tuned piece of programming, while scientists at the University of Edinburgh reported that it failed the basic scientific test of producing the same results given the same initial set of parameters. Ten days later, Ferguson, who believes models are simplified versions of reality, predicted in another co-authored paper from ICL that 40 million people could die worldwide from COVID-19. <laughs> Modeling... All right, so we'll pause there. Uh, this is a, as a, a, a bloody mess. It's... Uh, it, it, Again, I think specifically when it comes to the PCR test, specifically when it comes to the modeling that they did early on, you know, college, uh, Imperial College in London was one of the main drivers. Neil Ferguson ending up breaking his own, uh, you know, lockdown, uh, you know, th things that he had proposed, things that he had researched and, and, and brought to the world. As a, again, that there these rules that have been imposed on us, They've shut down the world. They've killed your businesses. They've ruined the economy. They're soon going to man push these vaccines on every single human everywhere and, and animals. They're they're vaccinating zoo animals now for for Christ's sake. They're insane. They're going to go to remote areas and hunt people down and inject them, including animals. This is it's a lunacy, right? But but so much of it is based on inauthentic computer programs and modeling and and synthetic inauthentic versions of reality it's not based on that and even worse i think would make it if it's true what she says and and, and the authors of the paper that even the root origin of the virus in of itself has not been sequenced and much of it has been filled in the blanks that are found have been filled in with stuff to make it like to to make the whole com you know the picture complete essentially right all right so uh so let's talk a bit about the force vaccinations we'll move on here a little bit from here Look at the whole video. It's kind of interesting. It's called the COVID-19 fraud and war on humanity. It's two parts uh, and see what you make of it. But it's it's uh, it's highly um, thought provoking. And I think it's important to ask these questions 
uh, as well because we just we are standing on in such it's it's just I've said it a few times but it's just it's so there's so many lies that that you end up with this you know you can't trust any you don't have to be run by these things you don't have to be run by uh, an alternative theory either at the same time you know kind of thing but uh, it, it's totally fine to question it and not know where where to stand on the issues uh, and basically until there's more information until we can figure it out right uh, but again hey, keep in mind these people are being they're 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 they've censored they're removed I think Odyssey is, is her only channel I, I, I don't think she's on YouTube right um, so you can't think differently about these kinds of things uh, and expose what the actual scientists are, are, are saying about this here's here's Fauci let's go over to um, Dr. Fauci, now, 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 and we'll talk about the so what they're offering as a solution to all of this, right? Um, everybody's going to be vaccinated, and every country is now inching closer and closer. If they all already haven't done it, uh, to mandatory vaccinations or some in the West, um, in the Anglosphere, I should say, now many Anglosphere countries uh, like Britain and the U.S. They're now like, well, we. We need to have a discussion about that. Well, what are we going to do when people refuse to take our mRNA gene therapy uh, for this supposed pandemic, PCR-driven, fake PCR-test-driven pandemic? Well, um, we'll have to force them. We'll have to have a discussion about that. Listen to this. Here's uh, Fauci recently here on uh, MSNBC. There's so much opposition now in Congress. And, of course, the states, even in Democratic states, Governor Whitmer in Michigan and other places, this is becoming just a political test and the outlook in the, the outlook is not at all a sure thing in the court system is there any thought of backing off of that and trying to avoid you know all the outcry against it yeah but you know Andrew we, we really have to get people vaccinated I mean I understand and we all understand how people do not like to be told what to do they want to make their own choice and their own free will I get that and I respect that but these are unusual times, and you can't think only of yourself and your own personal opinion, but you've got to think about your communal responsibility to get yourself and your family and indirectly then the community protected. So I would prefer, and we all would prefer, that people would be voluntarily getting vaccinated. But if they're not going to do that, sometimes you've got to do things that are unpopular but that clearly supersede individual choices and are directed predominantly at the communal good. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about requirements. You know what? So what's best for the communal good? That's what's going to We have to have a conversation about that right now. I would prefer that people, you know, would voluntarily do. It would just be so much easier if we just can get them voluntarily to do this and to comply. But if they're not going to do that, you know, sometimes... I don't know, we just have to do things that are unpopular um, and, and, and things that clearly supersedes individual choices. There we go. There we go. You, you know it's coming, and we said it. It's going to be mandatory. It's going to be... Uh, I'm not saying they're going to drag... Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll monitor Austria here in Germany, right? So apparently so far Austria says we're not going to we're not going to drag you to a vaccination place or or come with a vaccine break in your door hold you down to the ground and forcefully inject you and stab you in the arm uh, with this thing. Apparently they're not going to do that. Apparently. But what they are going to do is that they are going to fine you 
in an, uh, what, what do you call it, incremental uh, uh, sliding scale, right? You get a fine. If you don't pay that, you get a higher fine. And then if you don't pay that, you'll go to jail. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if, well, if you're going to be in jail, you're, you're going to be, you know, then you're a, a ward of the state, essentially, right? So then you have to be vaccinated. If you're going to be in our facilities and, and by law, you've, you've, you know, you've broken the law. So therefore you have to be in this facility. You have to be, maybe they'll do something like that. We'll see. Uh, but at this point, you know, we'll, uh, it's going to be very, I, I don't mean to be, you know, cold here or anything, but, you know, hopefully they're fight back and it, and it doesn't come to this. But just to be cold and calculative, let me just say, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because I think a lot of other Europeans, they will look at this and they will find some other way of either, if it's successful, they will model that. If it's not, they'll find different ways of, of trying to do it, right? But basically, they're trying to squeeze people out of society, threatening them into volunt voluntarily going in and, and doing this, right? Um, so the UK is having these discussions as well. Here's uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, the UK is uh, introducing nothing, something now they call Plan B. Apparently, Plan A didn't work, so now we have to have Plan B uh, to look at uh, vaccines and vaccine passports. Do you think that we're going to have to have a, a conversation about uh, ways in which we uh, we deal with this uh, pandemic? Because I want to be absolutely clear with you, I don't believe we can keep going indefinitely uh, with uh, non-pharmaceutical uh, interventions, uh, I mean restrictions on people's way of life, uh, where just because uh, a substantial proportion of the population still sadly has not got uh, vaccinated. And I think we're going to need to have a, co a national conversation about the, the way forward and, uh, and the other things that we can do uh, to protect those who are, are hard to reach, who haven't got vaccinated hard to reach that hasn't got vaccinated cuts off there but uh yeah we'll have to have a conversation about that well uh we'll talk well let's talk let's sit down and talk let's hear what uh, let's see what you guys have i remember the uh uh i should have brought that in it was is this something like 89 percent let me see if i can find that real quick it was kind of interesting like poll uk tv show uh, i think it was 89 percent um no vaccine let me see if i can find that there yeah, here it is. Okay, good. So here's the UK, right? UK TV show, I think it was, was it Good Morning Britain or something? Yeah, TV show deletes poll after 89% opposed mandatory vaccines. This is from today. Yeah, Good Morning Britain was the show that did it. ITV breakfast television show Good Morning Britain received backlash on social media after deleting a poll, which showed that the vast majority of respondents opposed mandatory COVID-19 vaccines. The poll, which asked viewers whether it was time to take to make vaccines mandatory in response to the Bullshit COVID-19 om Omicron variant was posted to Twitter on Tuesday as, uh, and soon received more than 42,000 votes. A whopping 89% of those who voted opposed any scheme to make vaccinations mandatory with just 11% in favor. After the poll went viral, however, social media users noticed that it had been deleted by the Good Morning Britain Twitter account and critics accused the program of trying to cover up the public consensus. So that's that's if you want to find out what he means by having a conversation, that this is not it, because this will be censored and they will actually not hear any voices or any people, any real people out there of what they actually think. Uh, they will do some fake poll and fake. Uh, well, sentiments are really high and it, it shows, uh, you know, that's why even I question vaccination rates sometimes. Are they intentionally, you know, hyping the numbers in maybe in some countries, maybe in some areas in some countries to to get to get people to think like this is a there's a consensus around me and oh my god is it, you know seventy percent? 
I'm not, I don't want to be the only one out. You know, I don't want, I don't want to be the odd one out. You know, you know this is how it works, right? But speaking of Boris and what's happening in the UK, this is of course a, a classic one. If you if you think it's bad with like this, this is just the this is just the initial steps of like how the the cabal and the uh, and the globalists have these guys by the balls. Rife cocaine use reported in UK Parliament just as Boris Johnson announces crack crackdown on on drug crime. Um, the Speaker of the House of Commons has said he's calling in police to investigate reports that drugs drug use is rife in the British Parliament. Uh, imagine my shock. A, a report in Britain's Sunday Times said a dozen sites inside of the place of uh, palace. Of Westminster, which uh, includes the House of Lords and House of Commons, tested positive. Well, there we go with the out of the, <laughs> did you do a PCR test on the cocaine, tested positive for traces of cocaine. Areas of interest include the bathrooms near Johnson's office and those of Home Secretary Priti Patel, who's in charge of domestic security. Drag residue, the newspaper reported, was also found close to rooms used by the opposition Labour Party. Well, there you go, as well as. Uh, a sedate, is that how you can say that? Sedate dining room uh, in the House of Lords, or the House of Lords, and the exclusive, sometimes raccuous theme, uh, Thames, Thames, sorry, Thames side pub called The Stranger's Bar. The paper reported that cannabis was also being used openly within the vicinity. There you go. So th this is, uh, it, I mean, it's like, okay, whatever, you, you're going to do drugs or something like that. But it's about the hypocrisy again. But if you think this is bad, just just wait until you learn about how they're like diddling kids. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> drugs. Doing drugs on the job as a politician—that's like that's normie tier stuff. That's like that's everyday. That's like having lunch for these guys, right? But here's the classic. So here's classic The Guardian, right? The Tories are waging war on drugs. I don't I have no interest in defending any conservative party anyway. It's not about that, but it's always this, you know, this this bullshit on it, right? By by the Guardians, the Tories are waging war on drugs, but there is cocaine all over the parliamentary lose, right? It's like yeah, it's outside of the labor uh, labor labor too, right? The Guardian is like a labor labor out, outlet, right? These are London School of Economics, right? So, uh, so there you go, and then of course we have the Christmas party, right? We got to talk about that. Did you guys see that yet? That's that's just incredible. Uh, drug use is really it's a small, small, put small potatoes compared to um, to what actually is is, is going on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so Downing Street staff have basically been caught red-handed uh, in videos that now have been leaked. Joking, laughing uh, about this supposed Christmas party, which they at the time denied. This is last year, right? Oh, we're not going to have a Christmas party. This is serious business. There's lockdowns, and people are restricted from you know doing certain things or whatever. You have to be. Everyone has to be masked up. Again, it's like no no rules for them, and it's all for you, right? Remember, this is serious. There's people in some of our countries that are going to jail. They're getting fined for breaking these rules. These people. These scum at the top, some of them are not even at the top. They're just a middle handling middlemen class, right? PR men, faces externally um, to sell you the agenda, right? These politicians I'm talking about. 
but there's no but there's no rule. They can do whatever the hell they want, right? So UK's Johnson apologizes, orders probe of staff lockdown fest or feast or whatever. Um, let's play a couple of those clips because it's kind of uh, it's very re revealing here. Uh, let's begin with this one. Here we go. Here we go. A week before Christmas, as millions were cancelling plans, was Downing Street still full of festive cheer? Tonight, ITV News has fresh evidence that a party may have taken place in the very building that had just proclaimed them banned last year. In a rehearsal on the 22nd of December, the Prime Minister's then spokesperson, Allegra Stratton, is practising for the televised press briefings she'd yeah, been planning to yeah. host. This is, okay, so, the, I mean, you get, you know this, right? But when you, when you see, when you see it, of how fake this is and how managed it, this is and how the media is in on it and they're all laughing together and just like, okay, <laughs> okay we, can't, we, can't, we can't comment on that. Let's do it over again. Like, it's just, it's complete management. And I know mo most of you know this is not a surprise, but it's good to get this stuff, like actual, you know, actually getting this stuff out there uh, and so people can see it. Anybody have any questions today? She's answering mock questions posed by senior Downing Street staff acting as journalists. They include this one from Ed Oldfield. Uh, that's right, acting as journalists. You got that right, dude. Advisor to the Prime Minister. I've just seen reports from Twitter that there was a Downing Street Christmas party on Friday night. Do you recognize those reports? <laughs> I went home. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Um, uh, uh, Would the Prime Minister condone uh, having a Christmas party? What's the answer? I don't know. I didn't know. Wasn't the party. It was cheese and wine. Just okay. it's not. <laughs> is cheese and wine all right? No. It was a business no. meeting. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. This is recorded. It's a fictional party. It was a business meeting. <laughs> you scum. It's, it's just incredible when you think of the you think of what they've done when they're standing here laughing. It's incredible. <laughs> That recording is the first time Downing Street staff have been heard openly discussing a Christmas party here on December the 18th. Crucially, the talk of cheese and wine, of it being a business meeting, of there being no social distancing. None of that sounds as if it met the rules back then. Nope, of course not. They don't care. At Same that thing with point. The, the very guy behind it. This is what uh, the video of the, uh, what was her name again? Show that, right? Uh, yeah, Sam Bailey, right? She showed that in, in her video too. Uh, of how they're, uh, <laughs> it's just like he's, they're the ones coming up with these rules and telling you have to obey these things, and then they go and break it to, to, to have a roll in the hay, as the, the Brits would say, and with his girlfriend, right? They don't care about this. It's not for it's not for them. We how many clips have we played now of them walking up to the stage and then they put on their masks and they go up to the podium and then they take off the masks again? It's it, at least. 30 like not even exaggerating at least 30 videos like that that we've played other types of settings it's it's all for it's a it's theater it's all for show right but you need to comply and your kids need to comply it was under tier three restrictions with people advised to work from home where possible and socially distance if they were in the office with the rules spelling out that social gatherings including christmas parties were banned the day after the alleged event in Downing Street, new restrictions meant for millions Christmas was cancelled altogether. Yep. It is with a very heavy heart. I must tell you, we cannot continue. This is, this is all, sorry to interrupt again, but this is all coercive measures, right? 
can't not, not that they'd have the power to do if anybody obeys with this and there's some lunatics that I have right but if anybody obeys this and follows these re restrictions or whatever they say or whatever they're insane of, of letting these people have hold this power over you and your family of you're gonna you're not gonna have any christmas you lose over it's canceled like that that's insane but some did right and some do and this is very serious but all of this is coercive measures so that you will feel the seriousness of this, that this is, I mean, this is real, it's happy, oh my God, everything is, is everything we knew, all our traditions, everything, that we, the few things we have left that we cling on to for dear life in the West that we, that we have left, they're, they're taking from us now. Our Christmas celebrations, our, our, our holidays, we can't spend time with family even anyway, as our, as our streets are being invaded by strangers and foreigners and, and we, we feel like minorities in our own lands. Like the, the the last thing we have is these traditions. We can at least go with our families and we can celebrate Christmas together, right? No, that they're taking that from you too. Why? So that you will take the damn vaccine. That's why. That's what it, that's what it's been all about from the get go. Whether it's or fake or whatever, genuine, authentic, inauthentic, a computer model, whatever it is, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's about you taking that fucking vaccine. That's what this is about. Sorry. Christmas as planned. Yet for the past week, Downing Street has denied breaking the rules it was making. The Prime Minister isn't thought to have been at the party, but on Wednesday didn't quite refute that there had been one. As millions of people were locked down last year, was a Christmas party thrown in Downing Street for dozens of people on December the 18th? Yeah, and you know, Kerry Stromer just uh, said that after coming back from the bathroom of uh, snorting a line. Mr. Speaker, uh, what I can tell the right honourable gentleman is that, uh, is that all guidance was followed uh, completely during number 10. For days, his ministers have held the same line. All rules were followed at all times in number 10. You're 100% you're no. confident. I'm absolutely course. confident within nope. Bullshit. the heart Lies. of You're just lying to your face. Psychopaths. At all times. Labour MPs have asked the police to investigate. Yesterday, the policing minister said that would be up to officers. Obviously, the police have to make decisions themselves about reports that are made to them about all manner of things. But still today, the Prime Minister was insisting no rules had been broken. I can tell you that the guidelines were followed at all times. <laughs> but our source has told us differently. <laughs> we all Coke know head. someone who Dumb died Coke from head. COVID. Seeing this all in the papers, I couldn't not say anything. I'm so angry about it all, the way it's being denied. Though for the first time tonight, perhaps we have an admission. This is recorded. This fictional party was a business meeting. <laughs> and it was not socially distanced. Yep. After all the sacrifices yeah, we've made during the pandemic, ministers have promised a great Christmas. The question is whether some in Downing Street were enjoying one last year too. Brought to you by Pfizer. There you go. <clears throat> Bastards. It feels like such a small thing. Oh, the, oh, big deal. They have a Christmas party or something. But no, don't, 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 <laughs> don't, don't go there, man. This is again. It's like this. That they're they're destroying our civilization by using this as an excuse. But when it comes to them, it's not serious. They don't take it serious, and they just they they don't care. <laughs> That's it's incredible. And in fact, they they think it's funny. They're laughing at you as shit's going down. Uh, it, it it is truly incredible. Here's the uh, 
here's a here's a comment on the end the end goal here right this is what it's what it's all comes down to at the end of the day here's the world economic forum forget the uh, speaker's name here but um this is the what the actually i have let me play this too before i do that i almost almost forgot here's um this is also inside footage. I think from the is it from this could be from that Christmas party. I think. Let me see here. UK Parliament breaks their own COVID regulations. Uh, I think this is the Conservatives. Let me play this here. Uh, check this out. I see we're all here obeying regulations, aren't we? I mean, this party is not going to be investigated by the police in a year's time. You are all you are all very carefully socially distanced. We've moved. I'm pleased to tell you from the metric back to the imperial system. I know you're at least two inches. Of <laughs> is, as I understand, what the regulations require during the social distancing period. That's Reese Moog, isn't it? Are there any uh, uh, Englishmen in the chat? That's Reese Moog, isn't it? Uh, with a conservative guy, right? Uh, obviously, he's alluding to this the, the thing that came out. So this is re a recent thing here. I, I, I forgot the context of the clip there, but yeah, this is recent. And uh, they, they, again, they're laughing at you. They, they think this is like, no, this is not serious. <laughs> this is all fine. And they're making a joke out of being found out about it. That's as far as I understand it. it it's incredible, right? All right. So um, let me play you this here. This is, uh, uh, this is what it's all about here at the end of the day. Uh, let the uh, uh, World Economic Forum. Uh, oh, good old. That's right. It's good. It's the, uh, it's the uh, chimpanzee lady. That's right. Uh, talking here. Good. Jane Goodall. Isn't that her name? Uh, of, uh, of what the real issue is here. Here we go. We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. There you go. Population. That's what it's all about. Population numbers, getting things, getting this planet depopulated, uh, getting the West depopulated. They, they, these are the same people that have endlessly lobbied for open borders and letting in third uh, third world po populations and replace us and keeping us so, so our births remain high. Why they propagandize us into the climate change thing that this is bad for the environment to have kids and stuff, and then they endlessly just import people to, to that multiply when they come to our countries. Right? Um, they want us dead. At the end of the day, they want us dead. And and these people think that they're the ones who are going to get to choose, right? If they were true, if they were true believers in this, that like, well, you know, there's too many humans and stuff, they would they would kill themselves. They would they would they would kill themselves because they they were doing the, what's best for the planet. Is is that what's going to happen? Of course not. No, of course not. Uh, which reminds me of this uh, this news that came out of here just yesterday where a suicide pod <laughs> or a capsule, whatever you want to call it, a 3D printed suicide capsule uh, got, uh, actually was approved by the equivalent of Switzerland's, uh, you know, FDA or whatever, um, so, so that people can go and kill themselves. Um, and, and the, I think the, they, they're called Sarco, or is it the company called Sarco? Anyway, Apparently, short for sarcophagus, <laughs> like in like they're sleeping in in, uh, in the Egyptian pyramids, the sarcophagus that they have uh, in there, right? The sarcophagi, a 3D printed capsule destined for you. And so these are what I'm saying is these are the things that will be rolled as your existence is made so miserable. They are rooting for you to voluntarily walk into the suicide booth or the pod and just and and end yourself. Right. 
and 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 just and and finish it just like take let let's take care of it now in fact you can even have your you can even have your 3d glasses on remember um it was um soylent green was it not the old man that's lying he go he goes into this room or was it rollerball i forget maybe it was rollerball actually i forget no no i think it was soylent green right he walks in and he has this screen where like He's watching nature and like nice mu classical music and stuff, and it's like it's last his last thing before he dies, right? <laughs> that's like that's where we're at now. Even Futurama, if you want, right? Futurama, whatever it's called, uh, had the, had a scene on this on the on the on the uh, suicide booth thing. We'll play that in a moment too, but um, yeah. So you'll have your VR VR goggles on as you as you you know as you are prepared to 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 go into eternity right or to meet your maker whatever you want to call it you you'll uh, you'll be as assisted by a virtual reality along the way in your 3d printed uh, uh, pod basically as you go out uh, sarco capsules flood their interior with nitrogen and reduce oxygen to help people die compared to other methods sarco offers death without using controlled substances dr philip nitschke said the Sarko capsule should be ready for use in Switzerland in 2022. It's being rolled out just, just in time, ladies and gentlemen. I do have a clip here from uh, uh, Sarko of what this means. Let's uh, take a look at this. Enjoy. It's beautiful in design, it's functional in purpose, and the simplicity of its innovative technology is a wonder to behold. It's utopian. It's brave new world stuff. Previously unthought of. When I first heard about the Sarko, I got very excited because it seems such a wacky idea. But then I thought about it and I thought, you know, this is actually what I've been thinking about a lot. I uh, became involved in this project when Philip entered my office a couple of years ago. And he looked like a very nice man. I had no idea who he was. He is a nice man, but he's also called Dr. Death and he had this controversial idea. A long time ago, 22 years ago, when the world's first law came in in Darwin, Australia, I was involved as a doctor wanting to help terminally ill people die and I thought I could give a lethal injection but I'd rather have a machine so that they could press the button and allow the drugs to flow that would end their lives. So I built a machine, the deliverance machine, and it, uh, it was used the by four people to have a peaceful <laughs> death. But the idea of using a machine to allow a person to have absolute control really has been a long term interest of mine. I didn't know how to react. I never thought about the subject before. I thought if I don't help him, he probably goes to someone else. No, let me pause that for a second. We'll, we'll go back to this. Note how, uh, how, div how diverse this a field like this is as well. From the, from the people interested in the actual application of the service offered to the very people behind it developing it. Isn't, isn't that fascinating? Isn't that, isn't that doesn't that tell you everything you need to know right there? We can help him. Why wouldn't we help him? The inspiration for Sarko actually came from a sarcophagus. You need some sort of an engine, so a base. And because the idea was that you can place it in a beautiful environment, so we brought it up and so you could look out through a window because you need to be in a capsule, otherwise the, the liquid nitrogen doesn't work. So that immediately became a vehicle. It's like designing your final transport. 
And also, I like the way that it's got that kind of sense of movement. Yeah. Yeah, it's just forward lines. Yes. It looks like you're getting into a vehicle, you're going to travel. I made it an asymmetrical shape because you don't want to explain to people that are on the verge of entering how to enter because that needs to be clear from the design. So there's a handlebar, there's a window that drives you towards that. So the shape guides you, which is good because a product that is understandable is probably understandable in every country. For all nationalities and all backgrounds, you can immediately see, see one group interested it. in this one. The fact one, is that the idea can be moved anywhere in the world now. Yeah. Really, it's the, uh, the, the concept can be completely transferable, and then you just need a machine to be able to turn it into reality. Yeah. We needed to find a way to create a beautiful shape that everyone can understand that does not persuade you to get in, actually helps you back until you're absolutely certain that you want to go in. You can't <laughs> activate Sarko without obtaining a code. When you have that code, we are certain that you're sane, that you're sound of mind, and so you are... I'm sorry, I think anybody that wants to kill themselves are of sound mind? I mean, maybe there's some like really rare cases where someone like truly is suffering. There's nothing they can do. I mean, I'm not necessarily against it, but having this readily available to it, it's it. This is like, yeah, let's just have uh, injection centers out there with the drug. Not even there's not even attempt to try to offer something different or avert this or what. What you know, if you want to kill yourself, you're probably in a pretty bad state mentally, wouldn't you say? No, no. You, you, this person is completely in the right mind, and and they know that they want to kill themselves. So it's 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 a safe uh, suicide booth. You see, eligible for a peaceful death, and we have a, a die button, but also a stop. A button. die button. There you go. Because that needs to be in there. There is also an escape hatch. Escape you can actually <laughs> press the backside of the machine and open the escape hatch. Oh my God. So we make it a safe product. Uh, because that is what a good designer does. Problem with the idea is that if you make something by hand, which we normally do, you can be held accountable because you're helping someone in, in dying. But how can we get that machine to your doorstep or any place you want to die? Maybe we could utilize 3D printing. 3D printing is evolving, so we found a, a big machine and it's German engineering is just it's perfect, yeah, but it gets around that problem. Right, that's the is that the peak uh, peak Germanic achievement right there? Ger just applying perfect German engineering so that we can kill ourselves. <laughs> that's uh, that's where this is the this is the timeline, folks. We're in right now. Of you making something and giving it to someone to die here, they can get the idea and then they make it themselves. You need to embrace it. You need to understand what it is. You need to think about it. It's kind of like a an art installation, it's sort of it, because everyone that sees it starts a discussion, which is really good, because then you get the ideas of Philip, who is basically an activist, but a lovely one. But now you, at least you have like a, dog a vehicle like a cat? What that, is that delivers that idea. Is that the pro-euthanasia movement or something? I've seen my parents go, I've seen close colleagues go, and I've seen many of my friends go. And I don't want to be in the position 
of not having a plan to make that's going to help me out when my time comes. Psycho is a safe, reliable and entirely legal method I could use when my life, if I choose to do so. En ik vind de Sarko, omdat ik ben ook wel een designmannetje, ik vind de Sarko ook wel een heel mooie vorm om te zeggen van nou, als dat mijn manier is om het aardse leven mee te beëindigen, nou dan wil ik daar best over nadenken. What could be better than having your family and close friends over for lunch, a glass of champagne, wines, and hop into the Sarko and off you go on a peaceful, quick and safe imaginary is this flight. A, it's just a big joke, is that what this is? Is, I can't tell if it's, is it, is it real? Is that a joke? I, I can't even tell. Wow. Um, all right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, euphemicide, I always goof on your name uh, over an Odyssey. It says, uh, there is a dystopian movie called What Happened to Monday? in which the world is overpopulated and they claim to be freezing people to be reawakened in the future, but they are really being killed in pods that look a lot like these suicide pods. Interesting. Yeah, the, I was trying to find, what was it the other day? A snow snow crash or something? Snow Was it snow crash? Another some sci-fi? Uh, it was a novel, but it was made into a TV movie as well. I was trying to uh, see where I could get a copy of it. Uh, there are some interesting sci-fi stuff like that out there. Let me take a couple of these. I want to play that, uh, I guess. <laughs> you guys remember the future? You remember the, the suicide both booth, if you ever watched that? Let me let me play that to you. Uh, let me see here. Where is it? Here, here it is. Uh, here we go. Let's check this out. Hey, a phone booth. I can call my nephew. This is, uh, this, is where, this is where we're at now, folks. Whoa, a real live robot. Or is that some kind of cheesy New Year's costume? Bite my shiny metal ass. It doesn't look so shiny to me. Shinier than yours, meatbag. Twenty-five cents. It's pretty, uh, pretty cheap. Listen, buddy. I'm in a hurry here. Let's try for a twofer. <laughs> Please select mode of death. Quick and painless or slow and horrible. Yeah, I'd like to place a collect call. You have selected slow and horrible. Good choice. Bring it on, baby! <laughs> Come on, come on! Kill me already! By the way, my name's Bender. Help! What's happening? You are now dead. Thank you for using Stop and Drop, America's favorite suicide booth since 2008. Since 2008? I guess I knew something about the uh, economic crash coming, I guess, huh? All right, um... Uh, let me take a couple of these on entropy, and I did. It didn't refresh for me. It's updates. I didn't intentionally try to uh, bypass those. JP here says I had to, I had to uh, reload the browser, and I saw a few more of them come in here. JP says uh, yesterday was the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Um, did you ever read the Ron Unz article about U.S. provoking Japan to attack America, uh, Americans or America? Uh, there are details that many don't know, like the U.S. secret plans to attack Japan before Pearl Harbor and Japan finding out. Here's the link. Yes, I've, I know. I personally know a lot about that. 
and they basically didn't give Japan any any other way out. And and recently, in fact, it came out that there was a, um, and this was do- this is documented. I mean, decades ago, they like they knew they let it happen. It's a, it's it's a it was a false flag in the sense that like they they provoked their enemy into just the only thing they could do was basically this, and then they knew about it and they let it they let it happen so that they can enter the war, right? Um, was some new information that came out regarding a, a, some leaked like a cable at the time where they obviously knew that this was going to happen or whatever, uh, but they don't care because these elite people who are running things like the military they just uh, they see you as uh, expendable, uh, useless uh, animals that are good for uh, for for killing at at their disposal so they can enter into the war. But yeah, I I, I have heard of that. I haven't read Ronald's latest piece, but thank you for the link, JP. Uh, not at all surprised. Uh, this this is how they run the game. Uh, Steven Schoner, thank you for the, the donor, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, oh, there's a renewal. Well, I'll set that up right after. Thank you. Gude Velsingna Red Ice. Uh, he says, thank you, Steven. I appreciate that. Set that up right after. Scott McLean says, not saying there's uh, the never been isolated argument is wrong. Oh, regarding the COVID um, or COVID SARS 2, I should say, the virus. Not saying. The never-been-isolated argument is wrong, but look at positive control PCR tests. Uh, the documentation alleged alleges that a dried version of the virus exists on them, which suggests uh, stable, is that what it's supposed to say? T-stable isolation? Or maybe that's a technical or T-S-stable? T-S-stable isolation? That might be an autocorrect or something like that. Okay, interesting. I've not heard of that positive control PCR test. Uh, the documentation alleges that a dried version of the va- virus exists. Now, I mean, if you go the, uh, I'll go back on that train again, but if you go the route that this is engineered and the chimeric viruses and stuff like that, I would assume, unless there's some unknown thing in that that they ha- that they just haven't sequenced, you can still work with, you can work with things that you haven't 100% sequenced, obviously. You can do things with it. You might know how it operates and so forth, right? Uh, but it would still pose a question like, how would you look for it if you don't have the entire sequence? Uh, but maybe that's you know maybe that's why they're just targeting the S spike uh, on the on the on the virus right when they do the supposed vaccine for it and all that kind of stuff maybe you can target just a, a specific part of it right but anyway I'll look that up thank you uh, Valet I appreciate that uh, or Scott that was Scott thank you Scott uh, Valet says Merry Christmas to all our Red Eyes friends and family thank you same to you thank you Nicolana for your hard work this year and all the subscribers who are contributing to our community. Uh, bon, bon Natale, do I pronounce that correctly? Thank you, Valley. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. And same to you as well. Merry Christmas. Good you. Uh, wherever you guys are, thank you so much to everybody who's uh, been supporting us and continues supporting us. That's absolutely right. Uh, we do appreciate you. And thank you for allowing us to uh, to be on the front lines of trying to expose all this, all this, all this nonsense, all these lies, all these things that we we are questioning out there. And of course, at the end of the day, this is about making sure that we understand what's happening so that we can make the, the right decisions so that we can organize accordingly so that we can prepare accordingly uh, and basically understand where where this is going where where they are taking the ship until we can take control and turn it around because that's the only way out of the situation uh, the guilty will be punished and they will be held accountable might be a long road there but at some at at, at, at the end of the road that's the only option right so it's it's victory or nothing else. That's uh, that's the only option. Thank you, Val. I appreciate that. Um, Schulzstaffel Zoxer Zoxer. Not sure I pronounced the last part of that. Schulzstaffel. I don't think I got that right. Um, yeah, nothing makes you feel uh, better about killing yourself than a pod that is also a work of art. <laughs> good good st- uh, stream, Mimbrur. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate that. A little Swedish for you at the end there. Uh, good stream, brother. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Tack för att du tittar as well. Uh, okay, so what do we have here? I guess we can play this one real quick here too. The um, California mother says that son was enticed into taking a vac- vaccine uh, by being offered a pizza. And of course, this was without her consent. Uh, but also check out this. Get, listen to where this took place. It's just it's a <laughs> a beautiful irony all, all around here. Uh, l- listen to the name of the school. Here, here we go. Even though the vaccine mandate for LAUSD doesn't go into effect until January 10th, some parents tell us that they believe their kids are being pressured into getting the jab. I should have been involved. Maribel Duarte says her 13-year-old son, a student at the Barack Obama Global Prep Academy in South L.A. <laughs> Did you guys that? Barack Obama Global Prep Academy in South L.A. <sighs> All righty. Good luck. Brought home this vaccine card after having accepted the COVID-19 vaccine at school. She says he said yes when someone offered it in exchange for pizza. The lady that gave him the shot and signed the paper was the one that told my son, please do not say anything. I don't want to get in trouble. LAUSD says student matters are confidential and wouldn't comment specifically, but did say it's Safe Schools to Safe Steps incentive program is meant to ensure several steps are in place for vaccinated students to receive prizes. Duarte says she's not against the vaccine. She's vaccinated herself, but it's different with her son. You should be against it. Regarding my son's health, um, I am against it. Because he's got some underlying conditions that concern you? Yes. He has problems with asthma and allergy problems. Well, there you go. Uh, but yeah, so that's what they do. Coercing you, going behind your back. Remember there was other places too. Don't even, shh, don't tell your parents, okay? Come here, get vaccinated. We'll coerce you into this. Don't even say you've gotten it. It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. Absolutely criminal. It's 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 incredible. Uh, but of course, that's it's all happening at the Barack Obama Global Prep School. Or was it the Academy? Prep Academy. I'm global. You global? Well, speaking about killing yourself and I guess not seeing tragically another way out of this situation, as a uh, remember that famous photo of the uh, was it the um, a uh, Buddhist monk? Was it a Buddhist monk in wasn't that like L.A. or something? Or was that in a in a Buddhist country uh, lighting himself on fire? I forget. What, I thought that was in the U.S., but I could be wrong. It was in maybe it was a Tibetan monk actually after the, the Chinese invasion thing. I forget. Melbourne woman, Australia here then, sets herself on fire because of vaccine mandate. Uh, okay, like I, I get the desperation and stuff, but like just don't, don't do it. Just do not do it. A woman in Werribee has set herself alight in a protest slash act of desperation against Victoria's vaccine mandate. So now their their policies are actually. If you're denying the vaccine, is taking care of the issue for you. Their, their policies are, are are actually driving people to suicide, right? Uh, in a shocking incident, a Melbourne woman has tried to kill herself by pouring petrol all over her car and setting herself alight while carrying a sign saying, no one cares, mandates are killing us. The woman parked her car, blocking off a road in Cherry Street, Werribee, 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 I think, uh, a suburb in Victoria, and poured four cans of petrol over herself before placing the sign containing her written plea in the window of her car. Police attended uh, and tried to talk her down, but she ultimately set herself on fire and telling the police she had nothing left. The condition of the woman is currently unknown. Okay, so she, she didn't 
presumably hasn't died yet. I mean, she, she could die, of course, of these injuries, right? And the mainstream Australian media has yet to cover the incident. Oh, big surprise. Very shocked. However, video from Wyndham News Australia shows the uh, aftermath of the fire with the sign containing the woman's desperate plea plainly visible for all to see. Witnesses confirmed the incident on Facebook and the story or Meta. And the story is currently gaining some serious traction online, making it an open question of whether the mainstream Australian news outlets will be forced to cover the incident. Here are some screenshots of people posting about the incident uh, on social media. I guess that the car is at the uh, very top right there with the sign. Oof. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Horse Cock Johnson says the first episode of Futurama showed an arcade machine titled Gender Neutral Pac-Man. Crazy. Crazy. It's from 1999. Isn't it? I, I, um, yeah, there's some things in those uh, Simpsons and even Futurama episodes that have been uh, quite, uh, quite predictive, you know. I was going to play a segment of uh, uh, Biden's FCC nominee, uh, Gigi Sohn, but I think what, uh, what we'll do is we'll just upload that after the show because we're going to uh, not be too long-winded here. We're, gonna, we're at the two-hour mark here, so we're going to wrap up soon. Uh, but there are a couple of things I want to include uh, before we wrap up. Um, but we'll play we'll play that at a later time or, or look for it on the on the websites uh, because that's a, an important clip. But just to show too, just this idea of like the Biden administration started to tout itself as being like super the most diverse ever the cabinet I guess technically right, but the in the extension the whole administration right. Uh, but for some reason he keeps choosing people from the same ethnic group over and over. And I'm no I'm not talking about white people folks. Uh, and Gigizone of course have a track record of being uh, absolutely um uh, you know partisan when it when it comes to uh, issues of of media and stuff like that and of course being in a in a uh, being a nominee to be part of the FCC is a, is a is a big thing when it comes to influencing uh, we know that they now they they put that in the context that it's like they think Fox News is state media this is a clip with her talking about that, uh, her old tweets and stuff. She's a she's a, a Jewish lesbian activist, and she hates you know conservatives and nationalists and right wing. She thinks they're all Nazis and they need to be shut down and you know all this kind of stuff, right? And we've heard that for a time now that they're trying to establish some kind of rule regulation that's leading news wet networks to be held so called you know liable if they spread what is deemed misinformation. And, and of course, we know that that's you know, a misnomer in and of itself. This would be fact-checked by some group like Snopes or you know, NewsGuard or some other you know, Rockefeller-sponsored group or something like that, or Johnson & Johnson-sponsored fact-checking you know, operation. And then, accordingly, uh, fine or even punish or shut down media outlets from being able to access, you know, broad, broadcasting things like that. And so, you know, they've been trying to go after Fox News for a long time and calling that state media and stuff like that. That's part of the clip that I wanted to play. But the point is, it's it, it is happening though. Uh, but as as bad as Fox News is, it, it still has on some small little things here and there. They do offer a different perspective than the rest of the mainstream media. Uh, and on some issues, they, they can be quite okay and decent, but for the most part, they're, they're kind of the same, right? Uh, but anyway, so this is to, to follow up on that on that uh, uh, fact that Biden is choosing these just total, total activists for these roles of overseeing, you know, the FCC and, you know, so many other important um, government uh, or the arms of government as well. Um, questions raised over uh, reports that the White House briefing newsroom uh, to reshape economic coverage, right? There's accusations here that basically this is 
this is state media. When you have the liberal press and the progressive globalist anti-white press coming in um, and basically working together to reshape the image of, of, of Biden and his regime, right? A newsletter from two CNN journalists have raised eyebrows after revealing that White House officials are holding briefings with major U.S. newsroom in an effort to reshape their economic coverage. It's what, remember this one thing they covered? It's like, well, inflation is not happening. It's, this is all a, a, a right-wing lie, right? And then it's like, well, you know, yeah, there's some prices, but it's just transitory. It's fine. It's going to go back to normal. Don't worry about it. And and then it's and now it's well actually it's happening, but it's it's actually good for you. It's it turns out that it's it will make you sure that you consume less. So this is actually uh, totally uh, acceptable and it's actually good, right? So there's been some pressure, and Biden's numbers have kind of been tanking because of the just like how out of control uh, the economic situation is, the inflation is, the out of control prices, and 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 all that stuff, right? So it says here on Monday evening. CNN journalist Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy reported on the White House's quiet strategy to influence coverage. The CNN newsletter notes that the Biden administration is, quote, not happy with the negative media coverage of how it is handling the economy. There you go. It's not good. To battle the negative press, senior White House officials have been visiting newsrooms to hold briefings in an effort to reshape mainstream coverage, according to a source. Oliver Darcy said his source had told him that the conversations between White House officials and members of the media had been productive, with the anchors, reporters, and producers getting to talk with the officials. He said the government representatives have sought to emphasize that the economy was in better shape than it had been last year when Donald Trump was in the White House. It's, it's amazing. Gaslighting you into oblivion. Unbelievable, right? Let me save that one real quick there. Um, this is this is state media right here right even one of the even one of the uh what was it the uh sorry i was copying a, a call in here before i miss it or a, a super chat from odyssey um the let me read here it'll come back to me the biden administration has faced backlash uh, for months over the ballooning prices impacting various industries with gas prices and average uh, averaging over a dollar more than last year the cost combined with supply chain issues and recorded inflation have created a series of crisis uh, uh yeah series of crisis that the white house has chalked up to the covid-19 pandemic and increased demand in the market so i think even in some of these bills the um these crazy trillion dollar you know packages and bills and stuff they have remember they had a, a huge chunk of money for uh, for to save media and like to to get media bailed out essentially right to 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 continue um the idea of the white house directly influencing news coverage of their own controversy set off alarm bells with pundits on social media many critics also noted that the CNN journalist apparently lack of concern at the potential political influence of the administration was seeking to have over the media. Working with government to produce propaganda to reshape public opinion isn't exactly something to brag about, Oliver, one Twitter user wrote in response to Darcy. This sounds a lot like the start of state propaganda uh, rollout, and the media is just proudly admitting that they're part of it, another added. Yeah, they said, so now it's now that's totally fine. It's Again, I don't care to you salvage the reputation of Fox News, but it's like, you know, again, on some issues, they can actually be, be, be somewhat more uh, reasonable. 
Uh, but this is just out of, out of the open now. So while they pushed the, the, those lunatics at the, at the FCC to, to do this, right? <laughs> it's like this. They're actually they're actually state media now, and 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 they're actually getting soon enough they'll get, they'll get the money too, right? Like NPR and stuff like that. Well, that's donations technically, right? But like the BBC or uh, the Swedish state television in Sweden and stuff like that, you you'll see them get start paying them off essentially, right? All right, so that's not a big surprise. That that happened, that reminded me of this story too with the uh, uh, Soviet-born uh, uh, commie uh, that was picked for the uh, comptroller of the currency. Um, and apparently that's backfired. There are some clips here. I th- maybe we'll, you know what we'll do? We'll maybe we'll save some of those. We could play those at a different uh, at a different uh, point because there are a couple of more things I want to get to here before we wrap up here. Uh, but that's interesting. There was a follow-up. We covered that in one of the weekend shows, and then a, a flashback Friday before that, I believe, uh, of this 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 woman. Uh, what was her name again? Uh, Oma Omarova. Yeah. What was her name? Omarova. Or something. Saul Omarova. I think it was uh, just full on. You know, writing. You know, Marxist papers and stuff like that. And of course, she's going to be at at the uh, at the head of the uh, uh, as the comptroller of the currency and stuff like that. Again, that's like controlling. Uh, 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 national banks, I think it is, like regulating national banks and things like that. Like it's it's not just a, like an arbitrary position. It's actually quite quite powerful. And now they're like just just they're just putting commies in place. <laughs> it's just like they don't not even pretending to hide it anymore. It's 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 unbelievable, right? Anyway, there are a couple of clips that we'll we'll uh, follow up on those maybe Friday. Um, and speaking of the economy, real quick here too. Here here it is, right? The, what we were waiting for. Basically, just raise the debt ceiling. The U.S. will be just be, be in a solid, solidly good position if we can just uh, brrr, print some more of those uh, Federal Reserve notes. Then it'll be uh, everything will will sort out. Legislation to fast track process raising the debt ceiling heads to U.S. Senate on Tuesday. The U.S. House of Representatives passed legislation by a vote of 222 to 212. So nearly then that kicks off a multi-step process to lift the nation's debt limit with a simple majority should the bill pass the U.S. Senate. Political reports that the Senate could start voting on this issue as soon as Thursday, so tomorrow. Uh, According to the AP, this bill outlines an agreement between both major parties to put a provisional uh, provision that fast-tracks the debt limit process into an unrelated Medicare bill. What? Should that bill become law, it will open the process for the Senate to raise the debt ceiling through subsequent legislation with a uh, with a Democrats only majority vote. Ay, 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 ay. They want to crash it, folks. Uh, the goal has never been to fix anything. The goal is always to uh, to screw us over. <laughs> That's. That's what it is, right? And also, by the way, the Democrats have concluded that, uh, well, you know, what we could do to curb inflation is to just bring in more migrants so that we can cut American wages. There you go. That's that's really the that's the trick of how you do this. Democrats are openly arguing that more wage-cutting migrants should be imported to shrink the inflation that's threatening President Joe Biden's political future. The pro-immigration LatinoRebels.com website reported that the migrants reduced inflation claims on December 2nd. Uh, Representative Jimmy Gomez understands inflation 
at the immigrant community level, the three-term Congress, uh, congressman from Los Angeles has a diverse immigrant constituency from Koreatown to Eagle Rock, Boyle Heights to downtown. If you have more people that are allowed to work in this country, then there's going to be less of a tight labor market. Yeah, that's definitely what you want to do. You definitely want to drive down the cost of labor. That's, uh, that's, that's definitely a smart... I think Americans will appreciate that, Gomez. Uh, the Democrats' top advocate for amnesty and migration, migration, Senator Dick Durbin, also backed the argument, according to Bloomberg, asked if immigration parole proposal in the pending Build Back Better bill would de decrease inflation. Durbin said, oh, most certainly. If there are more workers filling those jobs, it's deflationary. <laughs> Not enough people are seeking jobs. As a consequence, that drives up the cost of doing business. Yeah. At the cost of the consumer, yeah. If there are more workers doing their jobs, it's deflationary, Durbin said, according to latinorebels.com. But I just read the other day, there's like, people are not being added into the jobs market. It's, it's out of control. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's, it's just total clown world. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do this to you. I, I, I apologize on behalf, especially to our Swedish audience. But uh, I'm just going to do it. Uh, let me let me trans let me do a Google Translate on this real quick here, and we can see if the Google if the Google does it in a good uh, in a good way or not. This is a, a left wing politician from the V party, the Venstad, which means left party, who starting to rap in uh, in the parliament. Uh, thank you, Friedrich. If you're watching, thank Friedrich. If you're watching this for sending this to me this is uh it's very cringe and of course again if you, you know you don't speak swedish but you can hear the tone you can hear like how she's rapping and stuff right it's not subtitled or anything like that but uh on tuesday evening the left's part the left party offered a rap um in stockholm's regional at the stockholm regional council the rap text had mixed uh mixed the political messages with ghetto slang such as i uh, Aina, which is what immigrants use in Sweden to uh, as a der derogatory term for police. They said this is this is left white, white left wing women. This is this is this is the, uh, the the this is the pinnacle of that. This is the the tip of the spear right here. It was in connection with the year's last meeting in the Stockholm Regional uh, uh, Council that Katarina. Valgren, member of the regional council and the regional board, ended by presenting her political message through a rap song. I thought that I will end this year with a little rap. I then took, uh, uh, I, I, she says, I then took my only existing or known rap, I guess, tune or melody, whatever that I know, and then turn it into a rap that's, you know, baked in with the political message. So uh, hang on to your uh, pantaloons. Uh, here we go. Let's uh, check this out. Då lämnar vi ordet till Katarina Wahlgren från Vänsterpartiet. Ordförande fullmäktige, tack så mycket. Thank you so much. Jag har tänkt att jag ska avsluta det här fullmäktige året med en I'm going to wrap up this year with a rap. Jag har då tagit en av mina, en av mina, min enda befintliga rap och så har jag gjort om I'm taking my only known rap, or the only rap I have. I'm not sure what she means by that. She has some rap song then, I guess. Then till en region rap. Till en region rap. Oh, it's very gay. Vi föds alla med olika skedar i munnen, mannen. Olika tillgång till trafik och vård. 
olika behov och olika sår. Men nej, färdtjänsten ska vara en del av lösningen. Den ska fungera för många flera att delta i samhället, mannen. Vi föds alla med olika skedar i munnen, mannen. Oh, and then she's using this mannen, which is like what the immigrant slang, like, me- hey, mannen. It just means man or like dude or, you know. Oh, she's ta- oh, okay. All right. Uh, okay. We have, we have, sorry, I have to do this. I have to listen to this. Oh, hey, Aina, so din biljett är gammal. Du ska inte åka här. Gå direkt i fängelse, jag svär. Annars kan du ringa till din mamma. Hon har inte gett upp. Hon står i kön till bupp och försöker ta sig samman. Oh, vi föds alla med olika skedar i munnen, mannen. Och ej, vi föddes i Stockholm, Sveriges rikaste region, i alla fall på vårdval. Här kan du välja från en gigantisk tårta. Tårtan är centrerad till Stockholms innerstad med doktor Kri och doktor Bry och doktor Glad. Men när du söker vård i orten står det stängt forever på porten. Oh, uh, svängelska, English inserted. All right, I think that's all I can... I think that's all I can take uh, for today. Uh, we'll do the other half another time, maybe. All right, mannen, this immigrant slang, it, it's just incredible. These are, <laughs> remind me of like the, when like people were out uh, in Gothenburg protesting the Nordic resistance movement, they had some march through, that was like this two years, three years ago, maybe. Uh, the cops are just like insane or whatever, but it was like, it was a bunch of old, we call them tie-dye witches in, in Sweden, batikhexa. Hex, you know, like, you know what that is, right? Putting the hex on you, hexa. Um, and it was like a bunch of bunch of immigrant teenagers slash men with a bunch of old white uh, uh, tie-dye witches, like throwing rocks at the Nordic system. But this, this is that this is her personified of like of, of, of that of that Swedish woman and that mentality. Uh, all right. Need some kind of cleanse after this. Can we do some cleanse? <clears throat> what do we have here? Can we do? Can we do have a? Do we have a clip? <clears throat> we'll do. Uh, we'll do this one. It's not that this is any better. Really attempted and failed at attempt in creating a totally independent thing. Like we are, we we are absolutely willing to dump Trump. Like no question. I we have a do. totally different worldview from conservatism. We don't have much in common with them. We might have more in common with the left on just basic issues. That is all. So there you go. <clears throat> there we go. That, that's a cleanse for you right there. That's definitely something different. Not a third option, not something else. More in common with the left. Okay, okay, buddy, whatever you say. All right, good luck with that. Smash with, smash with, smash. All right. A, uh, a guardian for international peace and security sits on the visitor's plaza outside of the UN headquarters. The guardian is a fusion of Jaguar and Eagle and donated by the government of Oaxaca, Mexico. It is created by artists Jacob and Maria Angles. Check this out. Have you seen this? Have you seen such a thing? Um, so this is, the, I guess, some new universal symbol for peace and, uh, was it, peace and reconciliation or something like that? There's like a, a lion, bear, griffin type demon or something that they're rolling out. This is at the uh, New York uh, United Nations uh, headquarters, a gift by, <clears throat> by Mexico. Mex Uno is president of the UNSC for November. The government of Osaka donated a new eagle, uh, sorry, eye-catching sculpture to the UN. Now in the plaza called Alibre or Guardian, uh, in this case of international peace and security. There you go. So some, you notice that there's always some weird symbolism. Do you remember that um, 
huge block of iron that they had in the UN meditation room, um, uh, the beating the swords into plowshares, of course, and like a known commie symbol that was that that's been used uh, outside of the UN forever, right? Uh, but this is some new uh, weird creature that they're using. They, always, they do always like their symbolisms. I'll, I'll leave this here for you in case it wasn't aware. This is just just went up uh, about a month ago, November. I missed it at the time, actually. Alibri, Alibre means guardian, and this one in particular is the guardian for international peace and security. This is an art piece donated by the government of Osaka. So I said that right. Uh, and so the I think he was visiting the uh, the president of the of, of Mexico, I think, or something like that. Um, all right, something to decode. Going over to Maine, so for a little of our anti-white segment here, uh, a Maine city that has ninety percent white people has now a Somali mayor. Deka Dalak saw it in their faces when she started campaigning. Some people, she says, seemed scared to open their doors when she knocked. Others saw her hijab and assumed she didn't speak English. So, okay, so they're, they're bigots and stuff, but presumably they voted for you? Is that, is that what? So they're, they're bad and white supremacists and they don't accept you, uh, but, but they voted for you. And so now you're mayor. Okay. But Dalla kept knocking and telling her story. And she says, a lot of change since those days back in 2018 when she first... Oh, yeah, because they let you in and let you take control and over. So now, it's, is it good enough now? Is it, or where, where does it... Does this, does this have an end destination? When is it good enough, right? When she first ran for city council in South Portland, Maine, and won, on Monday she became the first black mayor of the small city of the state's southern, uh, state's southern coast. And she believes to be the first Somali-American mayor in the United States. South Portland's other city councilors, who are white, oh, well, that, that's a crime in and of itself right there, elected her in a unanimous vote, heaping praise on Dalek for her dedication to the community and thoughtful consideration of issues. Dalek 53 says, her election shows what can be accomplished when people find ways to connect with each other instead of putting up walls. It's, it's basically, so when I win and I get my agenda through, then that's the that's a miracle, and that's the, that's the good thing. If there's any... Uh, so any white person advocating for their interest, and we'll get to that in a moment here too, by the way, uh, that would be considered a crime essentially in our time, right? But uh, now when she gets her way and she wins and she gets in, well, then it shows we can, this is great. We can, uh, we can help. We can work on this. Given that Maine is the whitest state in the country, that's a problem. We know that. We've seen them being targeted by Saturday Night Live and others, right? And that South Portland is 90% white. How, that's, it's disgusting. Dalek knows her election sounds surprising to some, but she says that it shouldn't be. And that one reason she ran for office, uh, and that's one of the reasons she ran for office in the first place. She hopes her election as mayor will inspire others to follow in her footsteps. I'm really proud of the fact that I'm going to be opening a lot of paths for other folks who look like me. Let me read that again. Here we go. Here's the immediate get to work on an ethnic basis and lobby for your own group. I'm really proud of the fact that I'm going to be opening a lot of paths for other folks who look like me, especially our young community members, to say, uh, to say, if this woman can do this, actually, I can do that, Dalak told the city council last month after her nomination. Um, and also, not only for immigrant immigrants, first generation or black people, but also young white individuals who may have been afraid or don't want to be part of the civic duties that we all have uh, have i say 
that we all have, I say. That's weirdly worded. Yes, if I can do this, yes, you can do it. We really, really need you, each and every one of you in this beautiful city of ours to step up. Well, right. We'll see how many we'll see how many white white people and white people issues uh, can up on the forefront in this town from now on. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there will be. All right. So there we go. Um, oh, where did I see there? Goldstein. About six thousand Somalis live in Maine. Goldstein said. Let me see. Where is this here? Uh, Dalek's election is also a historic first for South, South, South Portland, which has never had a black mayor before, says Seth Goldstein, vice president of the South Portland Historical Society. Goldstein, who teaches history and leads historical tours in the area, says he's happy to watch this new chapter in this city's in his city's history unfold. It's very exciting. I think that is reflective of the way that the community here is gradually changing, Goldstein said. <laughs> About 6,000 Somalis live in Maine, Goldstein said, that thanks to a wave of immigration that began in the early 2000s. Thanks to me. Thank you. That's fantastic. Their arrival hasn't always been met with open arms. In 2002, there was a mayor that said, no, we should uh, have this for white people, and that's really bad. Trump's president, he helped convince her to, to run. There, there we go. So it's... Racists and Trump's fault. All right, there we go. Good stuff. <clears throat> Very. Uh, thank you, Goldstein, for uh, taking care of that for you. So it reminds me of this. Uh, it's funny when, the, as soon as they come to our countries, instead of like, oh well, thank you for letting me in, and woman, you know, I want to be a voice for for all the, you know, I'm going to start working and make sure a lot more people that look like me can get to the forefront here and do things, uh, get things done. Uh, check out this little clip here. They don't have a lot of diversity here. It's just Finns and Finns and Finns, and everybody look, they are just Finns. So it's a bit difficult to blend in here. But I think that's something that is solvable in the near future because more and more immigrants are coming here, and it's good for the society. It's good for the society. There you go. It's just Finns and Finns. Here in Finland, just Finns and Finns and Finns. Here, here in white Maine, it's just white and white and white people. And it's, you know, it's disgusting. We've heard that a couple of times, haven't we? It's disgusting to see all these white. I'm shocked and outraged that it's all white people here. Ooh. So, <laughs> Are you surprised? All right, so uh, we called this a while back. We uh, we talked about it uh, at that time, but now it's uh, been uh, approved, I guess, or, or or manifested. Right, it's actually going into effect. It's going to happen. The uh, Robert E. Lee statue that uh, used to stand in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, is not going to be sold to an adjacent town or another municipality. There's even been millions of dollars offered for the statue. Please. Give it to. We'll buy it off of you. We'll buy it at a high price so we can put it in our towns, so towns that so we can preserve this. We'll put it on private property. We'll do blah blah. No, no, all denied. We need to melt it down so that it can be turned into some ugly modern art garbage. City council votes to donate statue at the center of Unite the Right rally to African American Heritage Center. The council decided how to dispose of the now-removed statue at the center of the right, Unite the Right rally. 
Um, the Lee statue uh, and another of General Thomas Stonewall Jackson's were removed on the same day in July. The city received six proposals from entities interested in taking one or both of them, according to the newspaper. Council members voted to donate the Lee statue to the Jefferson School, Afri the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center, whose and here we go. I just talked about this outside of the uh, UN building, didn't I? Classic statue that they have there, a commie. This is commie slogans here. Whose Swords Into Plowshares proposal received almost 30 letters of support from organizations and individuals, including the descendants of enslaved communities at the University of Virginia and descendants of Monticello's enslaved community. It is funny, though, that the Swords Into Plowshares is a funny kind of analogy because it, it, it encapsulates... It sells you this idea, oh, instead of going to war, we'll grow food together. But you know what it actually means? It actually means we'll, we'll disarm you. And when we have disarmed you, taken your swords and turned them into agricultural equipment, meaning we will take control, we'll gain influence over the agricultural uh, you know, field, uh, we'll, we'll create uh, intentional starvation catastrophes like that we saw in, uh, in Ukraine, right? Uh, Holodomor, uh, for example. So it's, it's two baked into one. It's a famous statue. Uh, let me see if I can find that real quick, actually. That's outside of the UN, uh, the UN uh, headquarters. I think it's still there. I forget who did it. Yeah, here it is. Classic, uh, classic uh, one here, right? This is, the, this is a, a, a commie, uh, commie thing right here. Let us beat swords into plowshares, right? This is what it's all about. Uh, donor country, USSR. There you go. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> straight up commie stuff. Donation date, 1959, right? Bronze statue representing the figure of a man holding a hammer in one hand and a sickle, I'm sorry, a sword in the other, which he's then pounding into a plowshare, symbolizing man's desire to put an end to war and convert the means of destruction into creative tools for the benefit of mankind. Yeah, that's totally what happens uh, during commie regimes. That's uh, that's good. All right. <clears throat> so anyway, so we'll see what happens with the uh, we'll see what happens with the uh, uh, the statue here. But the, yeah, so they're going to melt it down. Uh, and then turn it into some modern art uh, uh, garbage, right? So we'll uh, we'll uh, follow up on that when it's uh, when it's uh, when it's time to see what the beautiful new era symbolically is going to uh, usher in for uh, for us all. This is uh, takedown on uh, uh, on uh, of of white culture and white uh, civilization. So in the weekend warrior show, we'll just have a couple more things here, and then we'll wrap up here shortly. But uh, one thing here. Was the and I've actually not listened to the the whole clip yet. I know that he has a taste. It's, it's tons of conservatives were pointing out that the Patriot Front rally was you know it's it's all feds. It's all run by feds and stuff. Um, they're everybody's suspicious, and uh, and it can't be it can't be real. You know, at the end of the day, it's like even where even if you're a detractor and watching this and well, these are Nazis or you know whatever you know thing you're you're coming with here it was peaceful it was orderly no federal buildings were attacked nothing was burned down there was no violence there as far as i know there was no the, the, that happened what the last time i think that were in philadelphia or something like that they were attacked yeah patriot front was attacked but they just basically held up their their shields that they have and put what they backed into their uh u-haul uh, slash penske trucks and then took off because we know of course if they would have defended themselves then things like happened in charlottesville would have happened that they get criminally charged for that uh, for defending themselves so that if you're white and if you have an organization that are advocating for white interest 
uh, you cannot defend yourself, right? We've learned that now. And even even if you're a, a tier, what like the Arbor Arbor case, right? Have, have proved that you, you if someone if someone if a black person black or brown person comes up and takes try to take your weapon out of your hand, you just have to let that go and you have to get shot. Otherwise, you're a criminal. You end up in jail. So anyway, let, let's listen to this and see what he says. Uh, some of the arguments here. But we talked in the weekend worry show about like Dinesh D'Souza talking about like, well, they have knee pads on. Doesn't doesn't this look strange? Now, just to clarify, of course there could be could be feds in this group. I, I'm sure they're itching at the bit to get in. Is it control? I don't know. I mean, but they seem genuine. But like the dumb takes from the Jim Hofts, like on Gateway Pundit, and I saw this reposted uh, by Infowars and stuff like. Who are these guys? No one has ever heard of them. They just showed up out of nowhere. Uh, and it's like, as far as I know, they've been around since uh, 2018 or something. So just because you haven't heard about them doesn't mean that they, that they, that they don't exist. They, they seem authentic. Again, I don't know. I don't, I don't have all the information about them. But they seem authentic to me. Is there someone in there that's um, inauthentic or it's joined for malicious uh, purposes? Sure, whatever, right? Uh, but anyway, Joe Rogan calls bullshit on the bizarre Patriot Front rally. Let's uh, see what he has to say about this here. You're, you're telling me the FBI is not monitoring fringe groups and they, they were not aware of these people were this fucking organized? Well, they, they were, but so far, as far as I know, at least, they can't. They, if you have a permit, unless it's, I mean, Charlottesville, we know it's, it's a setup, right? But if you have a permit, I, I, I get you, you can still have a march or protest. There's still a First Amendment. You still have a right to do it, no matter what you think about it. What I'm saying is this is a knee-jerk, if it's a, an efficient, orderly, effective, uh, optically, you know, sound thing that's being, uh, you know, executed, it has to be fed. There's no way that there's competent white people out there that are advocates for white interests that can do something like this. Out of nowhere, they pop out with the same size flags and the same outfit on, goose-stepping. They're walking, not goose-stepping, but, you know, walking right. in the, at the same pace in, the, in a, a fucking orderly line. Like, who? It's a great take. Here. Who organized this? This is them on their uh, Patriot Front organized this. <laughs> They've been doing it for, as far as I know, like three or four years or something like that. I was trying to. I thought this was going to turn to the video of them walking. See the video of them walking. Is that the video well, of them walking? Like linking, uh, My God, look at how they're walking, folks. They're t they're feds. Blog posts. So it's not going to. God, there's got to be a video of them walking. I know. I've watched it. So. Here's it. Uninformed, uniformed white nationalist group marches on Lincoln Memorial. CNN's all in. They're like, we're all in on this. I would, I would, I would suspect that if the, if the, if it uh, was a Fed operation, as I said in my Twitter comment, it would, it would have been uh, resulting in them derailing it somehow, or they turned violent, or they were to attack some building or something, or they would, um, they would let left-wing activists uh, start a fight with them so that the when the fight happened. Uh, they could charge the people who are members of Patriot Front or, or something like that, right? Th then I would like, okay, something's amiss here. It's being, it's not being run according to how things are supposed to be run, right? Come on, show us. Look at these guys. Look at these guys. Where's the fat people? <laughs> how come they're all... Well, they're obviously choosing guys that are... Obviously, there's a t certain type of personality, including... You're, you're working out, for Christ's sake. You're, isn't he somewhat fit, this guy? I don't know. That's a that's a weak. Oh, we're in the same clothes. Do that again. What the fuck is this? Is that? Have you ever seen anything that looks? Were you saying people? They, there's no organizations that have matching clothes. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. More like feds. <laughs> Tell me that doesn't look like feds, right? It's like the 101st Airborne. Bro, look at this. Said. These guys are all runners. 
These guys look like they just got out of buds. I mean, look, the they, fuck out is of he here. Is he threatened by that? Is he, this is... If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Otherwise, you're like you're, you're obviously saying this is wrong, and you're more upset about this than when you are. Look, look do, do you remember the clip with me? Well, you know what? We'll play that at the end of again to to remind you of Joe Rebel Joe Rogan, right? Um, yeah, let me see here. Remember when you talking? They're they're all the all white kids doing this. Remember that? We'll, uh, we'll I'll search for that. I'll see if I can find that. We can play that as we as we exit today. Let's continue here. They could be real. Right. They could be they real. Could, they could be real. Listen, Matt Taibbi, I'm an unreliable source, and I'm a comedian. <laughs> but looking at that... Oh, is that Matt Taibbi? Okay, yeah. All right. I'm calling bullshit. Give me well, that again. Give me that again. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, well, this gets back to like the, the, the Oklahoma Ivermectin story where... where you, right, where yeah. they're all wearing winter coats. Yeah, like, you, yeah. you know... Look at this! The fuck out of here. How do they all have, like, uniformed outfits on? They have the same color pants... For the most part, very little variation. They have tan or brown pants, dark blue shirts with a fucking stupid flag on it. This asshole's got a drum. Back that up. Look at the fucking drum. Bitch, are you Paul Revere? It's what the fuck are you doing with that drum? So I think, uh, if I remember correctly, and I think I mentioned this in the Wicked Warrior show too, that um, uh, I believe they had a uh, some of them met with the Nordic resistance movement, I think, right? Who have been doing this for many years. And I think they gave them some uh, some some tips. <laughs> I, th I think that's the case anyway. I, think just, I vaguely remember hearing something about that. It was like this is a few years ago. Uh, but yeah, it was something from, from the Newark Resistance Movement who said, yeah, yeah, they came to visit us and you know, now look at it. And they, they just like, executed a, a successful you know, march uh, you know, kind of thing here. But it's like, as, soon, as soon as it's um, a little bit too well made, it's just, I mean, I get it. There's, look, there's feds everywhere. They're trying to infiltrate everything. I, 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 there's reason to be skeptical there's reason to be uh you know suspicious and again maybe it's not maybe it's not authentic I, at the end of it who knows but it's this absolutely it's it's impossible for some of these conservatives to understand that it's like someone can actually are driven and they can organize things outside of your realm of just like whatever you know interest you're trying to uphold or your your hippie mentality they're disciplined they show up on time it looks good they're doing things orderly it's uh it's efficient and so forth right the trains are running on time with these guys drum He's walking around with a band drum. It's like white a high power drum band. line. This is so stupid, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> they all have flags? Keep that up there. Well, we need... find, there's videos from them from like July. But so I'd like to see that again. So you know what's so interesting so about this, though? Is that, again... Oh, okay. I just need to see it. Go ahead. Tell me. So... Look at this. I mean, maybe they're real. Maybe they couldn't even find the, the, their, own, the, the own, their own clip on, on uh, Twitter. You could use a CNN feed. Joe? Yeah. Could be real, but, but I'm calling bullshit. They have the same fucking size flags, the same white coloring on their face, the same tan hats on. Get the fuck out of here. And why are they wearing masks, by the way? Because like, they're cowards. Right. Or they're no, because don't you know about fucking cancel culture? Are you being an, intentionally an idiot and a moron, or are you just being uh, dis dishonest, disingenuous? Do you remember, you remember after Charlottesville what happened? If they call you Nazi or for whatever reason they don't like you politically or whatever, if, despite the fact that you have a right and according to the First Amendment and the Constitution you can do all these things or whatever, well, guess what? You're going to get canceled. You're going to have your bank accounts shut down. You're going to lose your job. You're going to be threatened and attacked and doxxed and all this stuff. That's why they're wearing masks, not because they believe in masks, because they're COVID fans. So, well, these are not Trump supporters. We don't believe in masks. They're feds. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Yes. All right, dumbass.
dumbass. We'll play that at the end. It's all it's all white kids doing this. They're more upset about the they're more upset about the, these guys marching peacefully according to the legally according to the First Amendment than they are about the BLM looting uh, spree that happened in, in 2020, right? The Antifa BLM this out of control riot looting chaos murdering spree that they did, right? It's with 30 people and uh, dead after after the, their uh, their stuff with billions of dollars it was the most expensive riot ever in in u.s history right all right i think we'll drop is going to do some musk and stuff i think we'll uh we might just do we might leave it at that uh let's play rogaine going out here uh it's the last thing actually that will tie up nicely here let me uh read some of these real quick let me refresh that just in case because i saw that was sometimes entropy can be a little bit dodgy uh, I was just in uh, contact with them, by the way, Entropy. Uh, they have their own little uh, uh, live streaming service now, too, and we're actually going to be uh, trying that out. So we'll do that next week because I didn't have time to set it up before we came on here today. So that's exciting. I think I patched through DLive right now. You can use you know other uh, third-party services like through Entropy, but they do have their own, so that's that's interesting and, and uh, very good. It's a good initiative. That means another streaming platform, in other words, which is great. Um, and uh, we do. <laughs> I had an issue with the images. I have these uh, super fun meme images that uh, comes up when you uh, send a, a chat, but they never stick. They never work. So I, I'm, I'm talking with the team about that. They keep dropping every time I save it, uh, all the images, and then I start up the stream and they're all gone. So they, they drop for some reason. They drop out and they don't load. So anyway, we'll, we'll take care of that too. Let me take uh, these and then we'll do the last clip here with, uh, with Joe Rogan. Um, let me see here. Yep, I think this is one. Celebrate all is lost. Good to see you, sir. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Joe Rogan is an Eddie Bravo, BJJ black belt. There you go. Um, is an Eddie, yeah, is Eddie Bravo. He's he's also a martial artist uh, kind of guy, right? Yeah, so he's he's fit. He knows he knows what's going on. Um, yeah, I saw that. It was just picked up by all the 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 most of the usual suspect. Ironically, with someone like Matt Walsh, who was like fairly balanced on this, the the Daily Wire. Matt Walsh was like, well, you know, this is. Uh, they came, they left, nothing happened. Like, there's, or someone else said, uh, they're more, it's, it's more peaceful. If you're more upset about this than you, you are at BLM, like, you're, you're a mental issue. Anyway, thank you, Subbert. All, all is lost. Good to see you. Vegan Video says, uh, they all had their faces covered, just like Antifa. Yeah, so they have to be, uh, yeah, there's, uh, then they're Antifa all of a sudden, right? No, I think that, obviously, they, they know about the, the doxing thing. That's the issue there. Um, all right. Thank you, guys. I do appreciate it. Let me check, um, uh, Odyssey real quick here. I want to make sure we didn't leave anyone out. And then we'll uh, end with that clip with uh, Joe Rogan talking about how it's all white people. Uh, American Life says, uh, Patriot Front is now a household name. Mission accomplished. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, WPWW, I think that's white power worldwide. American Life again says, uh, no, that's two in a row. Thank you, American Life. Uh, Word, Weird Smith. Uh, thank you for the donor says in Mike Mike Adams recent interview with Christine Massey she explains how not only has SARS-CoV-2 never been isolated and they are using a mix of human and non-human material to fake it but neither has HIV HPV is that the human papilloma virus or something right and other vi- viruses has been isolated either yes I've heard some of these claims too um I'm I, I don't know what to make of it yet it's uh I wouldn't be surprised, <laughs> you know, to be honest. Uh, but it's still up in the air, if you ask me. And I, I, I haven't, I haven't been able to get a, a straight answer on that too. 
but I know about the other side, and I think it's important to hear that out, too. Uh, Jack Passmore says, Snowpiercer 2013, a film veiled in Gnostic circles along the uh, They Live and Other Science Fiction. Uh, Henrik, happy Yule, y'all. Uh, thank you, happy Yule as well. I did see that a while ago, and I don't remember much from it. I just remember the train they were on. Uh, I will take a look at that again. Uh, Magnus von Tula says, uh, uh, Gott mit uns, God, uh, God with us or with you. Thank you, uh, Magnus. Appreciate the super chat there as well. And I think we did from uh, uh, youth, I think, as well. Valet say it's the Swiss regarding, I think, the uh, uh, the previous one. Uh, Pagan Bear had one clip too. We can play. This is what the this is what is at stake, folks. If we do not stop this, children like this will no longer exist. Let me uh, let me play this. This is a, a very beautiful clip here. Let me let me go back out. <laughs> sad. I love you. Have a good day. <laughs> Play that again. How cute. Hi, Ben. <laughs> so sad. I love you. Have a good day. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you for sending that. That's that warms warms the heart. Beautiful young child. All right. Awesome. All right, boys and girls. Thank you so much. Do appreciate y'all. Thank you for uh, your support today. Uh, wherever you're joining us from, and of course, if you're watching uh, in the archives later on, uh, thank you so much for joining us over there, too. We do appreciate you. RedIceMembers.com. Check out the members' website. Latest Weekend Warrior Show went up uh, here uh, late late Monday evening, our time. Some really good stories in there. Make sure you don't miss it. RedIceMembers.com. We appreciate your support. Here's uh, Joe Rogan. We'll see you guys soon again. Take care. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids, mm. and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched... About a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. <laughs> it's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. And these riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids mm. and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. <laughs> it's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. And these riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids mm. and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. <laughs> it's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. And these riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids mm. and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. <laughs> it's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. And these riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids mm. and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. <laughs> it's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. And these riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. <laughs> it's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. It's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. These riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. It's all these white kids stealing sneakers. 
And that's really what's going on. These riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids, and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. It's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. These riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids, and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. It's all these white kids stealing sneakers. And that's really what's going on. These riots are good. You see a lot of these fucking young white kids, and they're just running to get free Nikes. And that's really what's going on. I've watched about a hundred videos of people looting. I might have seen four black people. It's all these white kids stealing sneakers. That's
Do you love Red Eyes? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Eyes membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews, and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like red ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.